Christ, you people suck. Wow. Wolverine on it. This is episode 663, the countdown to the bad episode is on. This is for August 16th, 2021, and on the show this week we have Drew. Would that episode have to do with Satan? (laughs) Not today, Satan. Not today. And also on the show we have Anthony. I'm the equivalent of a two-second video clip teaser. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, man. I cannot... That'll be in the news. What's that? That'll be in the news. Oh, I mean, I, I, I'm I, using my finger quotes here. I played it. <laughs> oh, we'll talk about it. Trust me, I, I have feelings and I didn't even have to wait for the download. I just... Hearing that, watching that video, I went, okay. Wow. I've now I've now passed the threshold of this being a silly thing to this being I'm not I don't want to say a scam because there's really no money taken right now, but there's something fucky with it. Oh, there's plenty fucky with it. <sighs> I, c- I couldn't believe that was it. Like when it ended, I was just like what? <laughs> I mean, they, 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 you didn't need to download it because they posted it on Twitter. Yeah. And it, and they delayed that thing for like, what, two days? I mean, fuck it, we're talking about it now. I just, 5.4 gigabyte download to watch three seconds of a dude walk across the floor. Well- are we going to talk about it now, I guess, then? I mean, I, we're already talking oh, about boy. it. All right. So, so. Nobody knows what we're talking about. So. Abandoned. It's the abandoned. The, the, the thing you should do with that. Um, real, they called it the real, real time experience. So, so, so my first thing with that is I don't think it's real time. Well, why would it be? And if it is, someone's going to. Data mine this, right? You would think. I I have a feeling there's there's nothing that's being done real time there. I mean, it looked now, like was, an asset flip to me. Yeah, I mean, I watched the video on Twitter. Yeah, like what, what five days, six days ago? <laughs> yeah. What so does it mean real time. What do you mean by that? It means... So real time is when you're rendering all the assets in real time rather than pre-rendering it. And then, so if you watch a Pixar movie, that is 
pre-rendered, essentially. Like, it's all okay. been rendered out. Uh, pre-rendered is the wrong word, sorry. It's all been rendered. So, uh, 3D animation, uh, that's where, like, you basically are f- flattening it to an image. But, but if, in real time, if you, set, say, had camera control, it would show you that you could look around the 3D objects. But this is a static image. This is a static shot of, like, two legs popping into frame. So, if it is a rendered video, you wouldn't be able to pull anything from it other than video files. If it isn't, and it is real-time like they're saying, they're saying it is, which I don't think it is, someone's going to be able to data mine that and pull those 3D assets out. <laughs> those 3D legs. Yeah, well... <laughs> So so then there's music in it, but like it's music that they I'm going to assume and be nice and assume that they licensed. That yeah, that soundtrack cre- is on Amazon. Yeah, clearly trying to invoke feelings of Silent Hill as if they've learned nothing. And I get it, you can be inspired by Silent Hill, but uh there's a level between inspiration and what seemingly is trying to pull the wool over people's eyes. The fu- massive fuck-up. The, the massive fuck-up to not release this on time and then to release just that. Um, along with what it is in the end of it. People are still... The stupid idiots online still think it's Hideo Kojima. Hideo Kojima is not incompetent. If anything, he is not incompetent. You cannot like his stories. I mean, I had issues with the Metal Gear stuff. I really loved Death Stranding. But he's not incompetent. Not once has he ever given that that feeling off. And you could say, well, that's part of his bigger plan. But I'd say you're just a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, I, I cannot grasp how you could still think this is Hideo Kojima at this point in time. Do you think Hideo Kojima wants to look like a fucking idiot? The like, only the only thing I can say is that if it turns out to be him, people will forgive him. People will forget. I mean, you're you're not wrong. But this is I mean, you sent me that that uh or I think you drew you sent it to Drew and I that um that like little breakdown of how long this company's been been around and how little they've done, which also fed into the conspiracy because apparently the first game debut that they showed was right after MGS Five launched. Eight. <laughs> hey. I don't. Yeah. Things happen in the same year. These fucking people. These fucking Kojima fans. People like, want just... it to be. People want it to be something that it is. He not. is doing something. Be excited for that. Not this shit. Well, they can't because it's coming to Xbox, right? That's the rumors that he's working on an Xbox game. <clears throat> so he can't be doing, you know, a PlayStation love letter. The 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 bigger thing that I want to know right now, more than anything else, is how the fuck did this get as much press from Sony as it has? 
I know it's just a blog post or whatever, but th- there's that that bothers me. Because, yeah, I don't, like, I don't know what they're doing. I don't. Mm. This feels like life. Of, I I can't believe I'm saying this feels like a more competent life of Black Tiger. <laughs> like not as bad of an asset flip, not as clearly an asset flip, but it's still. There's nothing here. There's nothing here, and from 2015 till now, this company has done nothing but spin its fucking wheels. And then they disappear, and then they come back. And I didn't realize there was that many, like, abandoned, haha, games under their belt. Um, but I knew that if at least one other, or two others, I should say. So, like, uh, and one of them technically did come out, but they didn't make it. Like... I don't know if this guy... Like, I have no idea where this guy is. Again, I, I want to say it was... Uh, he was Dutch? Yeah, I don't I don't know where Hassan is from. Um, or something like that, but it's like... There's grants. There's grants for making video games in certain countries. That's how... That's the reason why, like, Electronic Arts and Ubisoft... Um... Uh... Oh, God. Uh... Eidos Montreal, Eidos, whatever. Eidos. Eidos, thank you. I don't remember how to fucking pronounce it. I, the, the problem with only ever reading something. Um, there's a reason why they are here in Canada. Uh, it's because they do get uh, tax cuts for being here. Uh, and of course, I mean, they bring jobs with them. So, um, like... And not to bring up another fucking lie, lying thing that hasn't come out yet, but like the uh, the Intellivision Amico, a lot of the games that are being made for that are being made via grant money. Now, if this guy only has to prove that he's done so much work towards something to get money, but then it never actually has to come out. That could be this, because I do know he's European. That's... As much as I remember, I just don't remember where exactly. Like, that's the only thing I can think of. Because otherwise, why would you do this? Right? Like, there's no reason to keep trying to do this without ever producing an actual product. Yeah. It, it's just, it's not Kojima, everybody. Like, I don't, I don't know how you can hold on to hope at this point in time. Like, it hasn't been Kojima for a while. I I, I never thought it was Kojima. Like, at first, I was like, nah, maybe, but probably not. And then, I mean, with every time that they announce something, like, and it doesn't come out. Uh. <laughs> this, is, this is the definition of a train wreck that I, I can't help but watch it. And and people are like, well, you know, I, I hope nobody attacks him. No, at this point, attack him. I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, you shouldn't threaten him, but, like, criticize him. I don't give a shit. Like, wh- what has he done but string people along and then go, like, we're not attached to Kojima, and then tries everything to play into that? Like, buddy, like, you're setting yourself up for failure, even if you had something to show. If it was bad... Like, he's probably lucky that there's nothing in this video, because the moment this it clearly is a terrible piece of shit, it's over. So. Yeah. What a fucking joke of a... 
of a game. It, it literally is being kept alive because idiots on the internet refuse to believe their eyes and ears. Well, it will be interesting to see how it plays out, regardless of what it is. It will be entertaining. Well, let's talk about real video games, not four-second video clips. Um, Drew? Yes? You want to talk about some video games? Sure. So, uh, let's start off with the game that I'm reviewing. I can talk about this, correct? Which one is this? I don't... Foreclose. I don't remember yesterday. Oh, yeah, Foreclosed is out. Sorry, yeah. Uh, Foreclosed is a cyberpunkish kind of neo-noir game. Uh, it has the same kind of visual stylings of 13. Um... Not really a cell shaded look to it, but it does. It really pushes that this is a comic book um, to where you're like, you know, you have a screen that has four panels on it and you're actually moving character from panel to panel kind of thing. Um, it's got really cool style. Um, the main character's voice actor is not great. Everybody else is pretty good. And the aiming is bad. The aiming is bad. 4.0 out of 10. Real, <laughs> yeah, real, real bad. Um, it's too snappy. It's too fast. It feels like I'm using a mouse on a controller. And trying to hit guys, shooting them with aiming like that is damn near impossible at times. Also, the hit detection's pretty off. Um, I've been shot through walls before. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, you can die relatively easy. You get a few abilities, like you can get a shield, like a, like a force shield kind of thing. Um, basically, it takes place in the future. I can't remember exactly what year it is. I think it's like 2088 or 2080-something. And uh, everybody works for corporations. Your identity is basically um, a debt now. And uh, uh, your debt has been foreclosed, so <laughs> you don't have an identity anymore, which means you can't buy anything, you can't use anything. And so it's all about him trying to get his debt back. That's basically Shadowrun's plot. Except there's so magic in Shadowrun. Yeah, there's no magic in this game as far as I can tell. A lot of it's technology. You have uh, like uh, implants in your brain that allow you to like hack different things, including enemies. You can overload their memory chips and kind of stun them. Uh, you get a gun that has infinite ammo. Uh, in fact, you don't even have to reload. You can just sit there bat, 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 forever and never run out of ammo. Um, there are different types of shots that you can switch to. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I think it's got a really good style, and I feel like that's the one thing the developers focused on the most is the style of the game, not actually how it plays. The camera seems to be way too close to the character. 
Um, there's some stealth segments that just fill off, and then the aiming is the the aiming's god awful. I mean, I, I don't want to say it like that, but it really is. I, I that's that's the one reason I played this game for about an hour and a half, and I was like, I don't know if I want to aim like this anymore. <laughs> and then Ken sent me a uh, code for lawn mowing simulator, and I said, you know what? <laughs> I think I'm gonna go mow some lawns. I'm gonna go cut some grass. Yep. And so uh, that's the uh, segue into the next game that I played is Lawnmower Simulator. Um, is it by the same people who do Farming Simulator? I have no idea. I I need to look up who built this game. Um, because <clears throat> this definitely feels like one of those games. Um. And it is, you basically run your own landscaping company. Uh, you take contracts and you grow your company. You hire more employees. You get better lawnmowers. Uh, and you take on bigger contracts. It is, just, they probably should have called it landscaping simulator because it's not, I get it, you're lawn mowing, but it really is more of like a business simulator. Um, so this game, <clears throat> this game was built by a company called Skyhook Games. They've only ever built one game besides this one. Okay, what was it? It was in 2014. It was a game called The Count of Monster Disco. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck? It's a simulation game. Yeah, I'm looking because uh, apparently it's a train game. Uh, well, apparently they. They are like a support studio because they've worked apparently on uh, some trains and uh, routes for Train Simulator. Yeah. Okay. Or Train Sim World. Sorry. Wow. This is only their second like full fledged game. Good on them. Because I actually like this game a lot. <laughs> there's some. There's some weird genre of like life simulator games lately that people are really getting into. Like, you're into this one. I see a lot of people into the power washing simulator. Oh, yeah, that's a satisfying looking video game, for sure. Yeah, yeah, like, I know there was the House Flipper games a while back. I mean, the House Flipper game, from what I understand, I mean, it's still getting support. Like, they keep adding stuff to that game. Like, people go nuts over that game. Hey, you know, if... I would if if they put the power washing simulator on like Game Pass, I would totally fucking play that. I mean, you kind of get that same satisfaction from Lawnmower Simulator. Oh yeah, like the the like cutting the proper lines and and it is like the little the little percentage counter that goes up as you're doing the yard and damn, yeah, that's that's some good shit. That's some satisfying shit. Yeah. I I I sat down and played that game for like two hours straight, and and just cut lawns. Um, there's a few other things you got to do in there. Obviously, you got to keep up with maintenance on your lawnmower. You have to, I mean, when you, once you start growing your company, you can then hire other people to basically go out and cut lawns. So you're getting passive income coming in. You can purchase new lawnmowers. They've got all sorts of stuff in here. Um, it's a British game, so everything's in pounds. Um, 
I'm wondering if like you can get like a contract for like Buckingham Palace or something like that. I, I, I I'm curious if they actually do like real world stuff. I doubt they do, but yeah, I assume um, that's got to call a license, and I don't think this game, this company, has the money for the license. Right, but no, it's 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 fine. It's 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 very relaxing. You just sit back and just chill out and and cut some grass in the comfort of your own home in the air conditioning. <laughs> This game only applies to people who have to go outside and actually cut grass, because then you're like, oh, this is so much nicer. Oh, yes. Yes, very much so. Also, you don't have to get a, a, a weed eater and have rocks being thrown into your face while you do it. <laughs> oh, shit. But yeah, I, play, I played uh, Lime Mowing Simulator. That's going to be like my passive game. When I'm not like doing a review game or a Phoenix Down game, I'm going to pop in and do like a contract cut some grass. Hey, uh, life could be worse. I'm actually really, I'm actually really enjoying it. <laughs> it's relaxing. It's, it's a sign you're getting old when you want to play lawn mowing simulator. Yeah. And it, it, there's other things you got to do. Like, you, like before you start cutting the grass, you have to go and check the yard to make sure there's like no objects that you can run over. Um, and you have to maintain a decent like engine speed because if you if you overheat it, then you start throwing clippings everywhere, or you may dull your blades out. So there's there's some things you got to keep in mind. But once you get into that groove, you just take your turns. That's all you got to do. Cut some grass. Yeah. But uh, I did play that. Uh, I it's it's weird, but I, I suggest that game. It's good. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I had fun. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Uh, I also, uh, since it came out on Game Pass this week, I played Hades. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, the new uh, Super Giant game. Uh, well, last year it came out, but uh, it's now on Game Pass for free. I uh, I had already pre-downloaded it, so I just started it right up and um. That's a great game. Uh, I, it's one of those roguelikes that I don't mind. So it, it is now entered into the upper echelon of roguelikes I can actually play. I think so I'm up to three. This, yeah, I got, I got this. I got Dead Cells. I got the Rogue Legacy, and I've got Moonlighter. <laughs> That's about. That's you you got it. you got more than me. I have Rogue Legacy. I liked Returnal and Hades. I'm okay with. Yeah, you weren't you weren't big on um on Dead Cells. No, I I tried. I tried multiple times. I even got to like I think it was World Three or something, and I was just like, this is just I don't know. It just wasn't clicking with me. And uh, I should mention Curse of the Dead Gods. I don't mind that game either. It's it's actually pretty good too. I do still wish that every single one of those games was a linear progression based game. Like the, like the levels wouldn't change kind of thing. Yeah, like like Returnal for me if that was a straightforward single player, you know, pro- progression based game, I think that might have been in my game of the year list. Well, when it's more narrative driven like Returnal. Yeah, I think that's I think, the, makes... I think that's the big thing that hooked me into Returnal is like the story is super interesting. Like the 
I know that there's aspects of that that definitely have, uh, um, I guess, the necessity of of the the gameplay loop plays into the story. But like, I play something like Hades, and I think it does it. Obviously, I've not played Returnal because I do not have a PlayStation Five, but I know enough about it where I'm like, yeah, that sounds like it does. But like, when you play Hades and you die. There is always something moving the story along, which I don't think is the case with Returnal. No, there is. That is the case with Returnal. Oh, there's always something moving the story along. Okay, yeah, there's there's like these there's like these things that appear in the environment that progress the story on every like sub like not every run, but quite a few of the runs you'll get like this new plot point. Oh, okay. Well, that's definitely not as bad as I thought. It, it, people have not mentioned that. I all I heard was like they they were stuck on like the first boss and hating life, and I'm like, well, that doesn't sound fun. No, that part um, is not fun. Like the frustration that comes in Returnal is the thing I hate about roguelikes. But there was enough there to like keep me. Like, there's no secret. It's in the trailer. There's a house that keeps showing up in Returnal, and that is kind of the hook to the uh, story and every time you you find it and you go inside of it it's it's different and it, it's interesting as so in Hades the main loop is that you're the son of Hades and you cannot escape the um oh god i can never remember the name of what their version of the uh, the afterlife is tartarus yeah Okay, I, I, I'm like, is Tartarus or is that something else? Um, yeah, so like, he can't leave. Even when he dies, he just ends up back to where he started. Mm-hmm. And everybody is aware that he is trying to leave. And it's it's very smart because it, it always has more dialogue. Like, it all just feels part of the narrative rather than a gameplay loop that... You know, sometimes they dole out some more narrative just to keep you going. It, when and then, like I think Hades is one of the few where I'm like, oh, there's an actual narrative here. Um, because I'm like, I, I loved Void Bastards, which is very much a uh, rogue light. Uh, I liked Rogue Legacy. You know, um, it, it those are all just gameplay though. Uh, but Binding of Isaac, same thing. It's just yeah. gameplay, mm-hmm. and like I, I don't have an issue with that. But like, yeah, there are a few where the, the, there's this story I want to experience, and depending on how well it plays, I kind of get bored of the gameplay, and I just rather play it as a linear game. Yeah, I feel that a lot. I think Returnal's gameplay was sublime. I think it's another reason that I really enjoyed it. And Hades is good too. Hades' gameplay is very good. So Yeah. Yeah, it is. But uh yeah, played some Hades. Uh pretty good there. I'm gonna continue playing that some more. Uh I started back up Yakuza Kiwami two. Um That game can get hard. And I eventually got to the point where I kept dying on a boss and it kept asking me, do you want to put it on easy mode? And I finally said yes. 
I, I, the Yakuza games are something I feel like easy mode makes those games more enjoyable, which is why I got frustrated with Like a Dragon. There's a difficulty spike, and boy, all you got to do is search Like a Dragon difficulty spike, and everybody is in the same spot. Um, but there's no easy mode in Like a Dragon. So you basically have to turn around and go back and grind these dungeons to kind of get through that game, and I I don't know. Yakuza has always been more like turning my brain off and just being dumb. So, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I played uh played Yakuza Kiwami two. Um, I think that's pretty much it. You didn't you didn't pre-order the for the beta. No, I did not. I did not. Uh, I did not pre-purchase Diablo Two Resurrected, so I did not get into the beta. Yeah, for that. I think the next one is open. I think. So I don't think you have to pre-order it to play the next one. I mean, I don't know if I need to play the beta. I mean, it was cool to see what they've done to that game. And also the fact that there's an option for 640 by 480 resolution. <laughs> okay. Which is, which, wow, oh, my 4K TV looks real fucking grainy. <laughs> that's, uh, that's interesting. But, yeah, no, I, I've, I've put enough hours into Diablo 2 to know that I'll probably buy, I'll probably buy this game. When's the last time you played it? Diablo 2? Yes. 2002? 3? Ooh, after Diablo 3, you're in for a rude awakening on how that game works. Well, I know about the skill points and stuff like that. Well, not only that, but like the, the inventory system. Yeah. Back to the Tetris-style inventory system. Did they, did they not... Like do the weapon wheel kind of thing like nope. it did in Diablo Three. They didn't nope. try and do any of that. No, it's straight up grid based. So is it a cursor? Are you moving a cursor around? Um, I'm trying to remember. I think you just. I think it is a cursor. Now that I think about it, but it might just be switching between items. You can hold like the A button to equip on a controller. Okay. So you can do that. Um, but yeah, it's mostly. You know, move your stuff around in your inventory. You're gonna have to drop shit. That's it's the path of exile, which is probably be the closest thing. Right. So, yeah. But it yeah, looks okay. it look it look real good. It look real good. Is it still does the does the movement feel okay? Because I know it's still that grid based, right? No, you can move diagonal, baby. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. So they did update that. Okay. Yep, you can move in eight directions, which is fucking crazy for Diablo 2. Yeah, that was the one thing that got me about Titan Quest on Xbox. I was like, ooh, it's still grid-based, and that's, this is feeling kind of weird. Yep, no, you can straight... I do miss the roll dodge. That sucks that it's gone. Sure. But, yeah, moving eight directions in Diablo 2 is super weird. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm I'm... I, yeah, I'll probably be getting that game. Yeah, that's that's a it's one of those things. It's one of my all-time favorite games. Yeah, I I really like Diablo 2, and I like that 
in this version, you can actually play the Legacy Edition if you want. It's not available in the beta, but like you can just switch it to Legacy like pre-patch stuff. I think that's that's a neat touch. Yeah. Cool. Alright, so that's it for you. That's it for me. Alright, I'll move on to Anthony. What have you been playing that's super exciting? Nothing. Cool. Um, <laughs> I am... Um, I'm still just going through Ocarina of Time. Man, that game is so fucking slow when you're the kid. Oh, yeah, um, 100%. Uh, yeah, so as soon as you become an adult, they're like, all right, go to the forest. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. This game really picks up its pace. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm i just slowly going through that. Like, uh, you know, what am, what am I going to say? It's a great of time. Uh, I, I realize now why I like Majora's Mask more. It's the same reason why I like really like Skyward Sword and kind of like question my love for Breath of the Wild, even though I still very much love that game. Um, I really like the extra characters, and in Ocarina of Time, there's a lot of just characters that are there for filler, not really doing anything. There's, there's, they don't like, yeah, the chicken lady, cool, you have the windmill hut guy. Um, and you have the carpenters, and then the rest of Kakarika Village is just kind of people standing around, and you're like, all right. Um, you know, Majora's Mask, you, you, you literally, like, two steps, you trip over something else, right? Like, there's always something going on in Majora's Mask that's, like, two steps away, except for the field, I guess, because they do have to have a big open field still, but, um... It, it, you also can leave the city, uh, the clock town, from any direction to head as quickly as possible to your next location. Um, yeah, just like running across Hyrule Field, especially as an adult where nothing attacks you. What the fuck are we doing here? Like, this is just a, such a waste of time. I mean, um, the, the, that game was probably supposed to be more than it was i mean that game like i love looking at the old beta elements um you know they ended up reusing some of the beta elements for mario 64's wet dry world like the if you go and look at the the original hyrule castle town um all the assets there i think it's that town uh were reused for the wet dry world the second part where you're in the underwater city um, and like, yeah, clearly that game had different aspirations at first, and of course they canceled the uh disc disc drive for the sixty four. But I think we've gotten basically both of those at this point. Like, um, Ura Zelda was um Master Quest, which just sort of shuffled around the assets and uh Zelda Gaiden was Majora's Mask. Um I, I look it's it's just like there's there's stuff that's cut and like I, I think it's starting to I, I realize now that there's like a lot of empty space at times and I'm like, yeah, this is probably where they would have put something else had they had the time to do that or the technology to do that. Um it does make me want a full remake, though, because even playing it on the 3DS with the nicer graphics, 
there's still some aspects where I'm like, this is very dated. This this works better in other things. Although I will say, being able to aim the bow with the uh, the gyro, um, it, it fucking that is awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm playing that still. I I know I'm not gonna you know blow any minds with my any take on that game um because they've all been had already uh what i will say is i also go god damn it i just realized both of these both the both of what i played this week are very much based on n64 um i bought far cry 5 i bought far cry 5 for a very specific reason um <laughs> in the arcade mode some crazy bastard remade every level of goldeneye in like extraordinary detail and I played through all of it. It's crazy to uh, me that that thing was so was so flexible to create some of the things that's come out of it, and it did not catch on. I think I think part of the issue, and 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 this is before I talk about the actual level design and everything. I think part of the issue is um, it's not free. It's not free. Um. I have, I have, mul- I, 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 unfortunately, like, I think Ubisoft was very dumb with that. I think that should have been the taster. Because it's not like anybody can make fully open world maps in Far Cry Arcade. You can do two things. You can play online, and you can play, like, with other people in, like, death matches, and you can play single player and co-op mission-based levels, which is what the Golden Eye levels are made to be. Um... If it were free, I think it would give people a taste of what this can do. And I think people would have probably been more interested in what Far Cry is. I realize Far Cry is a big name, so like it's not going to... But I, I, think, I think there's ways to monetize Far Cry Arcade. Um like cosmetics right that would have had people more excited to engage with that aspect of the game especially if it were just its own application that was free on playstation and xbox because i also had to pay for playstation plus i only paid for a month because i don't play online enough to make it worthwhile but to play single player maps that is so fucking absurd to me. Just, like, why? Why would that be a thing? Like, I'm not playing online with other people. Um, so that was irritating. I, I mean, it, it's just, like, Far Cry Arcade, like... Okay, so I'll start off with the damn level. The damn level is, like, a one-to-one recreation. Now, uh, at times, it's clear that... um the guy who, or gal, to be honest, I don't know <laughs> who made it. I just know a name. They made a, um, like, a one-to-one recreation, but they had to use some certain, like, uh, goofs to, like, make it look like the thing that's happening. So in, the, in, in certain levels, you'd hit a button and the door would slide open in the original. Well, that's not an asset, so... What they've done is they've made a workaround that it looks like a door is sliding open, but it's it's really just a wall that is being moved when you step on a certain spot. Um, 
but the 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 work on the dam level. So you you start off, uh, you go through. You're like, oh wow, this is really accurate. And then you get to the dam, and the amount of work that it had to have taken to have that dam level work the way it does. Um, so on one side of the dam, you have the high water. On the other side of the dam, you have the spot where bun- bungee jumps at the end. They make you go through and destroy all the things and, and kill the target or whatever it is. And that is underground like it is in the original game, like it's inside the dam. And then you can take the boat across the water to go to the island that was cut out of the original game, but you could see with, like, the sniper scope. Like, you can drive there. Like, this person included that cut aspect. There's nothing really special there, but even then, it's, it's a neat to have that in there. And when you're done that level, you jump off the dam into the water below, and then you move into the next section. Like, it's really well done. So the dam is one level, and then facility and runway are combined, as they should be, because in the original facility level, you exit, and then the runway level, you start off in the same exit. No, it's just one big level. It's so well done. And then you escape in the plane. You actually have to fly the plane for a little bit. And I'm like, oh my freaking god, this is so well done. Um... Oh, man, and the facility is like a one-to-one recreation as well, um, where you you go in through the vent, you go in through the vent, and you kill the guy in the bathroom, and the bathroom is like the exact same bathroom. And oh man, the the whole the whole thing was just like this nostalgia trip. And oh, there was there's moments where I'm like, ah, they've clearly cut some stuff out. Like I recall, um. Uh, the bunker levels having a bit more to them, but in this, the bunker level and the surface level are one map. So again, like they've built this big underground section, and then you go above ground, and you're in the snowy wasteland. Uh, it, jungle and caverns were connected, but I think the real. The real, the real treat was the ending, which is the cradle above the giant uh, Arecibo um, satellite that it no longer exists. And when you look down over the edge, the satellite is there, like obviously created out of some random assets, but it looked like the satellite, and it was so well done. I am in shock. Don't get me wrong; I played a little bit of Far Cry Five as well. It was very good, but like. Um, Man, just the giant rocket in silo. It was it, like if this person does not have a job in map making now, they should be hired. Some smart person should hire this person because the the things that they did with this powerful but like obviously made for consumers level editor is crazy. It was it was absolutely crazy. Um I I I'm just kind of stunned. The only the only levels I didn't complete were, um, the train yard into the train, which I got right to the end and died, and when I'm not going through all that again, and the other was, 
um, the jungle into the caverns because I had it glitch, I think, and I could not get through. Because um, you have to hit these certain marks. That's the way they kind of fake uh, the little mission objectives, is that um, they they have waypoints, and you have to hit the waypoints for the next like door to open or whatever. Um, as for Far Cry 5, man, I don't know what people were playing to say that there wasn't some sort of political message in it. Now, obviously, Ubisoft said there wasn't, but I am like, no, this is very much appropriate. Maybe it was too ahead of its time, but maybe COVID made me change my mind. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, there's definitely some political messaging in there about, um, uh, oh God, what's the, um, fundamental Christians, um, and like cult cult beliefs and stuff like good lord the the uh i guess spoiler for the game that's however many years old at this point but like when the chopper went down at the beginning and the radio is being called and i have both of you both of you have played far cry 5 right yep, i beat far cry 5 i beat it okay um the moment where um Oh my god, really? The bad guy, whose name I'm forgetting Joseph right now. Steed. Yes, he grabs the the radio that's hanging and he messages back to her and she says, oh thank god, father, you're alive. And I was like, I don't know, man, that feels really appropriate right now where you find out, like, people are, like, anti-vaxxers or anti-masks or whatever and you're like you've known this person for so long but they're part of this they're like their beliefs are showing and maybe some of their beliefs are very fucked up (laughs) in this day and age i was like holy shit (laughs) these people are bad or whatever and i'm like i don't know there was like something to that where i'm like i this wouldn't have hit the same way four years ago um yeah, uh, or three years ago, wherever it came out, when people were upset that it wasn't like just this big redneck bashing. Um, but uh, and the man, that game just plays wonderfully. Um, it, it's clear though that like playing the GoldenEye maps, that, like yeah, this is still Far Cry that I'm playing because like in GoldenEye you could dual wield, and clearly some of the aspects of GoldenEye were built around these tight tight corridors, which Far Cry is not built around. Um, but, man, that that game is great. Like, I'll be playing that game still now that I'm done all the GoldenEye levels. I'm still going to be playing Far Cry 5, because, like... It's a great, it's a, it's a great of, game. It really was. Well, well, you know what? I was turned off because I was like, I don't know if I want to play in... Because, like, seeing the map uh, from the very little that I saw the map, I'm like, I don't know. It seems like it's like all going to be very samey, but already running around in it. I'm like, oh, no, it's not. No, I, no, that, I really like that. Cool yeah, I, I really like that map. A lot more than when they announced it. It's like, oh, it's in Montana. You're like, really? That that was so. I was excited that it was in the U.S., but I I was like, oh Montana, and then and I'm like, they're showing video footage, and I'm watching gameplay from other people, and I'm like, it seems very samey, and I'm like that was my issue with four. What is was uh, it was very samey, and there was like, 
and I realize you could say that about all Far Cries. Like, I love Far Cry 2, but that's very, very samey, right? Um, Far Cry 3, though, like, I'm like, I always felt like I was stumbling over something interesting. Um, and, and I didn't feel that way about Far Cry 4. And seeing a bunch of trees, I'm like, oh, fuck, it's just going to be, like, big, big foresty areas. But then, like, early on, I found that... Um, shelter or whatever that was flooded and i'm like oh they have these in this game because they had those in um new dawn but i was like i didn't know it was going to be in the original far cry 5 as well so yeah yeah the, the treasure hunt's really nice in that um i'll give you a little word of advice use your friends as much as possible I played that game trying to be stealthy and take out guys, and then I get into a firefight and end up dying. You have your friends for hire. Use them. Like, once you get Nick, call his ass every time you go into a firefight. Okay. Because he just comes in with an airplane and just murders people. And it makes that game ten times fun. Like that's that's the best way to describe it. it. Doesn't make it easier. It makes it funner because you have these really powerful allies. Fucking use them because that was that was I was like I'm getting pissed off at this game. And I was like, well, what if I call Nick in? I call Nick in. He just fucking mows down like a whole row of guys. I'm like, okay, this is manageable now. Let's do it. I I just even liked because like I was I'm still on the, the I I finished like the first island you start on, which yeah, that's isn't very long. Tutorial. Yeah, um, and I was just impressed by some of the stuff that they were doing. Like it, it I I I know I said it about the new game, but I'm like it clearly feels like I'm playing, or somebody was inspired by Just Cause a bit, because like some of the some of the things that you can do now are blow shit up. You know, and I'm like, well, that's awesome. I like the fact that it's like, yeah, just destroy this like giant monument that they've built that just gives off that. Um, oh my god, I can't remember what it's called. The uh, the, the drug bliss. bliss. Thank you. Yeah, it's like just pouring bliss out, and you just blow it up. I'm like, all right, that's I I like that aspect of it. I'm like, that's what made Just Cause Two fantastic. Um. So the fact that like they look to be doubling down on Far Cry Six, which I'll wait till Far Cry Six goes on sale because if anything else, Ubisoft games just devalue themselves within a year. <laughs> um, I've just been waiting for the PlayStation version of uh, the Gold Edition of Far Cry Five to go on sale because fuck man, like that game goes on sale on Xbox all the time, but. The only the basic version of Far Cry Five would go on sale on uh, PlayStation Store, and it's it'd be like thirty bucks. And I'm like, well, it's twenty five dollars for a disc copy down at EB Used or whatever, um, and the season pass is still thirty dollars. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm not been paying sixty for this game that's been out for three years when when they've devalued it on Xbox so many times, right? And I would have bought the Xbox version, but the stupid GoldenEye maps are only available on PlayStation and PC right now. So, 
Yeah. But that's it for me. I mean, like I I wanted to play more games this week, but uh other stuff came up. Um I bought Axiom Verge 2 because it's Axiom Verge 2 even though visually that game does not look as appealing as number 1, but um I bought that and Garden Story because I like Zelda like games, but man, I just couldn't get to them. So Okay. That's it for me. I played Axiom Verge 2. <laughs> I have heard it's as good as the first game. It, it very much is. It is a very good game, but you are right. Like visually, at least within the first like couple hours that I've played it, it, it has not been nearly as interesting. And and I think it's because I mean, you know, this is a prequel, so this takes place before the the first game. Um, I did not know it was a prequel. Yeah, it is. It is a prequel to the first Axiom Verge, um, and I think the, the opening sequence takes place on like like you almost feel like it's a. It reminded very me of the, met- th- the thing, because it's like an... Ad. I was going to say, it's a very metroid moment where you let, touch down and you're in an open area that's kind of nothing going on. Obviously, it's rain in Super Metroid, but in this, it's snow. Yeah, it's like a snowy area, and then you bump into the the character that gives you kind of the power stuff and what's what i find interesting about this metroidvania is a lot of the stuff like a lot of the powers that you get early on are very much like it's weird like one of the first um movement powers you get is the ability to grab ledges which is which was a weird thing for me i'm like ledge grabbing is a power up (laughs) that was a power up in metroid Fusion or Metro? Uh, yeah, like it's no. It's, I think it's Metroid Zero Mission, but yeah, it's just such a weird thing to. And what was even weirder about it is that I found it in a room that I didn't have to go into. I mean, I, obviously, if I couldn't have progressed, it would have forced me back to exploring to try to find things. Uh, but I just happened to walk in a random room because I was exploring, and I found it. And it's just laying there, and I'm like, oh, okay. Um. But no, I, I like it so far. One of the one of the really cool things that I like about this game is its accessibility. Like the first one, I remember running into kind of a brick wall. I think about maybe halfway through it, where I was getting really frustrated because like I was just dying constantly. And in this game, there's actually options for you to tone down how much damage the enemies do to you and how much damage you do to the enemies which I think is really cool, especially for people who have trouble or or just want to do kind of the exploring. You can literally turn it to where the enemies don't hurt you at all. So you can you can basically play on invincibility, which I thought was nice for people who have trouble or just want to explore. I think that's a cool thing. Um again, one of those it's one of those games that does have a story. Yes, there's definitely so a story I totally... going on understand wanting to allow people to just experience that story um i i think my my biggest issue just looking at this game because there are areas that are very pretty is that it i think the first game is so stylized yeah and this game is not no and it, it is very grainy like for example the map can be hard to read at times because oh, really? of, uh, because of how like pixelated it is um so those are definitely issues I've come across. It almost feels like they made it too retro when you're talking about putting a, a modern game on a 4K television. 
I just think some cleaning up of the pixels would have would have helped immensely. So, but outside of that, I think it's I think it's great. I like the first one a lot, and I think I like this one. I, I need to play it obviously more, but I think I might like this one better because it feels refined. I just want to see if the story and exploration is as good as the first one was. So. Uh, that was what I was playing on PS5. I'm also playing a game for review on Switch, which I can't talk to you about yet. Um, and I'm also playing a game on the Xbox that I'm playing for review that I can't talk to you about yet. And unfortunately, those two games ate up 90% of my time this week. So, outside of that, I actually did play another game that I can't talk to you about yet, even though I'm not reviewing it. Uh, I tried the Madden trial, and when I say I tried it, I literally tried. So I got through one game, and then after I finished the game, I tried to log in for the next two days, and it was telling me that the servers were down, which apparently was a regular issue. And then yesterday when I booted it up to try again, it told me that I only had two hours left on my trial, and this is a 10-hour trial, and I've literally played the game once. Played a game one time, which took me about 45 minutes. So somehow 45 minutes ended up being eight hours. And it turns out that that is a bug in the trial. Um, That game is a mess right now, uh, functionality-wise. But I will tell you the game that I played. So last year, the game was built on Xbox One and PS4, and then it got a patch. Like I don't want to call it a patch. They actually released a separate executable on both systems for the PS5 and the Series X. And it was good. It was it was a nice upgrade. But boy, this game feels like the game that was built for these new machines. Like things from the animations to the presentation to just like the little nuance of the game that last year's edition did not have. I feel like this is going to be incredible when I finally do get to play it like, regularly get to play it. I think it's a good upgrade, and I I thought, even though I only played one game, I did get to look into the new franchise stuff to where you can, like, hire assistant coaches and you can build them up over their skill trees and, like, you can make different game plans and you can can actually make halftime adjustments now, which I think is one... Of the coolest features that they've made, so like if in the first half your your short throwing game wasn't working, you can actually switch it up to running, you know, up the middle because the middle of their defense is a little is showing some weakness. So you can make halftime adjustments, which I think is really cool. Um, you weren't able to do that before. No, you were not able to make halftime adjustments. Like, like it wasn't an option. You could change the way you played, but when you make in Madden, you get a boost to certain kind of plays when that is your game plan. So if you go into the game saying, hey, I'm going to try some five to seven yard passes and a certain style of running game, you get a boost to like your stamina for your running back or something like that. Got it. Okay, so it's it's <clears throat> you could do it before, but it, you were basically going against what you had said you were going to do. Yeah, exactly, and you didn't get any it, kind yeah. of boost to that. See, Madden's franchise system is almost like an RPG. Like, if your player performs really well in a game, they get skill points that you can use to unlock abilities. So, like, 
here's a cool, and I want to get into this in a minute because I think it's really cool, but there's there's actually like a benefit to playing in your home stadium in Madden 22, which I think is really cool. Um, but in Madden, you can get things like a quarterback, um, if he if he gets on fire is what they call it in the game, and he completes two 20-yard passes, his like little star ability lights up, and then like your receiver's icons will glow brighter. So it's like you have better vision to see your targets. So there is a lot of strategy to actually performing well at a game. And in Madden 22, they do this new thing called home field advantage. And let's say you're in a game and you're performing really well. You're getting good first downs. You're completing passes. You're not throwing interceptions. There's a meter at the top of the screen that will slowly build up for you or for the visiting team, and it will give you benefits. So if you got momentum in your home stadium, like you will be able to see the field better. You will uh, have more stamina. You will get, you will be able to break tackles easier, but the reverse is also true. So the game I played, I threw a couple interceptions and my screen started wobbling because my quarterback was rattled. And then like when I would go to throw to a receiver, his button icon was a question mark. So like, that stuff is really freaking cool and can really change like the outcome of the game. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Like I was playing, I was like, this is so freaking cool. Like I've thrown two interceptions and now my screen is wobbling and my tight end, who is my star player, I don't know what button to press to throw him the ball. It's it's like it's mimicking a rattled quarterback in real life, and I was like, Wow, this is freaking awesome. So, I think there's a lot of really awesome stuff in this game. I can't wait to play it, but that trial is broke as shit. So, anyway, uh, we already talked about Diablo. I did play the beta. Uh, that's some awesome remastered Diablo too. Can't wait to play that. Um, what class did you play? Oh, what did I pick? I think I picked the Enchantress because that's not what I was going to play at the. Is that what she's called in this one? The sorcerer. Sorceress. Okay, yeah, I I checked the sorceress because I don't think I'm gonna play as that. I just kind of wanted to mess around with it. But then again, it's Diablo, so I'm gonna have like one of every character, like I always do. Yeah. Um, there were three classes that are not in the beta. I don't remember exactly which ones they are, but you couldn't pick them on the character create screen. So. Okay. Um, there any? Trying to think if there's anything else big I played. Before I get into these indie games, no. All right, uh, run through the indie games. Tetragon is um, it's a platforming puzzle game where you can rotate, like the box area. I know this is a real hard callback. Maybe Anthony will get this one. Um, Blast Chamber, I think is what it was called. Uh, I'm at a loss. Okay, there's a PS1 game. You could, like, rotate the the environment that you were in. I'm it's... looking at it. I'm going to be completely honest with you. If I've mentioned it before, it's because I Googled it then, too. I, I'm looking at it. I understand what you're saying, but, uh, man, I've never heard of this game before. Okay. Tetragon reminds me of a single player. Because Blast Chamber was a multiplayer game. Uh, Tetragon reminds me of a single player version of that, where you basically are trying to get to the end of the area by rotating the box that you're inside of 
Um, it's not 3D, this one. It's uh, 2D. Yes, it's 2D. Um, I like the art. Hmm? I like the art. Yeah, it looks it looks interesting. Um, it was fine. I, I, I really didn't feel like compelled to keep solving the puzzles because I, I kind of knew how they were and it, it's got kind of sluggish controls. It doesn't feel great. Um, so it's fine. Uh, Bury the Bunny, I think is the Rattalaka game. It's 2D side scroller, collect carrots, but whatever. It's fine. The game that I messaged you guys about was Untitled Darkness. Um, this is a game where you're just this big, long, like slender character, like silhouette. And you go between these rooms and... My shadow, yes, I understand. Yeah, and it's like... You just relive these horrible memories. Oh, it sounds like fun. Yeah, of your parents fighting and getting divorced and it being Oh, I'm definitely fault. out. And, and that's literally all it is. And I understand why there are games like this that exist. What I don't understand about these kind of games is why are they so fucking slow? What? Yeah, so this is you, you. All you said is, "Why are all those artsy games sad?" I'm pretty sure it's what you're. Saying. Well, that's why. I, yeah, that's why I was like, oh, "The artsy games are always sad. Like they're never about like happy times." I think. I think part of it is because. I mean, I can't speak to this game. This game, I think that I think somebody was working through some stuff. Yeah, for um, sure. But like, I think part of it is because. It's, I don't want to say it's easier, but it's like, I think it's easier when it comes to video games to share joy in some way, because video games are supposed to be fun. Yeah, but but just for example, and I know it's a horrible example because it's such a revered title, but like, oh, what's the, the Ethan game? Fuck. What's the oh, name? Um, uh, oh, God. Heavy Rain? No, 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 no! Not that, Ethan. The, 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 the walking simulator where you're reliving the past memories. The fish cannery. Oh, 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 oh! Uh, what, Edith, Edith Finch. Finch? Edith, sorry, not Ethan. Edith Finch. Like that game is depressing, but it's—I don't know—it's just presented in I a think, way that's compelling too. But I think that also shows, and I'm not—I'm not shitting on the dev of this game that you're talking about because I have not played it. I think that shows, um, <laughs> okay, um, as someone that went to school for art, which obviously is, has gone so well for me, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, I think there's, I think there's two ways of, 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 of sharing emotions and, 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 uh, and understand, and, and part of it is understanding the medium that you're working in. Um, the game you're talking about that you just recently played. Uh, I think is not understanding the medium that it is working in necessarily. And I think a lot of, and I, I'm not trying to use this as a derogatory term, a lot of walking simulators sort of fail to understand that at the end of the day, they're supposed to be a game. Now uh, I wasn't in love with gone home for, for reasons uh, that the sister, the character that you are supposed to be sort of following through the house was not as interesting as the father, her girlfriend, the mother, or the uncle that died. Um, I felt that her whole characteristic was, I like girls. This other girl that I like has dominated my personality. 
Um, but at the end of the day, they still understood what made a video game because there is there is some puzzle solving, there is some interactivity. Um, and I feel like a lot of walking simulators don't understand that. Uh, what Edith Finch understood was that this needs to be a game. Still, first and foremost. And I think that's the reason why, while I, I didn't love Edith Finch as much as everybody else, um, I do think it it showed what this type of video game should be. Um, and, and understood that like there's a way to make people feel what you want them to feel, or, or at least comprehend what you want them to comprehend, uh, without uh, giving up that aspect of the medium they're working in. Because if we're going to treat all games as art, and I think these are more artsy games, um, you know, I think people forget that you are choosing to work as a video game and not a 3D animated movie or uh, an animated short or a painting or a sculpture. Like, there's a reason why you chose video games. Um, and, and you should make that clear to the player at times, too, on why this needs to be this medium. Um, and as for the sad part, I think I, I jokingly said it's because artists are all sad. Um, <laughs> but, but I think it's just because, um, and, and, and I'm not trying to say this it's about all video game players, but I think there, there is a sense of escapism in video games. And, uh, I think that feeds into the people that are now making video games. Now that creative tools are, um, so accessible that all these people that sort of escaped into video games, say this person that uh, might be going through some or reliving, you know, how they used to feel or maybe still feel about their parents splitting up. Um, maybe their escape was into video games. So it only makes sense to them to then present their story um, as a video game. But it's like, at the same time, you have to remember why you escaped into those video games in the first place. Um, I don't know. It's always it's 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 a hard thing to just kind of say that outright because obviously every video game is different. I don't think Edith Finch feels like a game where somebody was going through something and and sort of exploring it through the medium. But at the same time, maybe I honestly don't know who created that. I don't know how many writers there were, but um, yeah, I just I I, I that, that's my honest opinion. As I think it's just someone working through their trauma the way they know how in a medium that they clearly love. Um, whether or not that succeeds is obviously a different conversation altogether. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that point. I, I, I think my biggest thing is it's not necessarily the message in this game. It's just how slow the character moves and how awkward the interaction to like trigger these memories and just the lack of kind of steering the player towards things. It, it's it's weirdly designed, but I think that's I think that's part of the. I guess I, maybe I poorly worded it, which wouldn't be a surprise. <laughs> which wouldn't be a surprise with me. Um, I, I think part of it is just not again not understanding why they escaped into video games in the first place. Um, there there's a difference. Go taking move taking video games out of it and just looking at movies. Um, I love the Truman show because it is a movie that has something to say, but it obviously isn't wasting time constantly. But then there are movies that are, you know, three hours long that also have some sort of message to them. And, you know, does it need to be three hours long? It's like, you know, some, 
care for the audience and why you love movies should be taken into account. Like, do you love sitting through three hour movies or do you love sitting through movies that are engaging? You know, that could be three hours long. Like there, that aspect, we, we talk about that all the time. Like, um, video games that I hate to say it this way, waste our time. Oh, there's, uh, yeah, there's tons of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no one loves that. No, no one loves that. I don't understand why it keeps following, uh, falling into video games. Like that is not the reason why anybody goes to this this hobby is to just like pour time into nothingness. Like they play it for fun, um, and 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 and, for, and unfortunately, like when you have a sad message, it makes it even harder to enjoy if you're wasting time and then being sad on top of it. Um, so I I, I mean. It, it, and I, I'm sure you're. If you picked up the pace just a bit in the game, whatever it's called again, like it would help immensely, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, there would have been that part of it would not have stuck out to me. Like maybe then I would be more paying attention to what it was saying as opposed to being frustrated at the way it was playing. There's a uh, video game that um, I like, Point and Click Adventures, and there was one called Stranded, I think. Uh, the man, island like, game? No, 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 no. This there, is, there is I, I a wanna... stranded game where you're like on an yeah, island. No, no, this was a point and click adventure. It was like all 2D. Um, this person had made a couple of video games where I was like, oh boy, all the men poorly. Um, and like I would click on the screen, the character would walk super slow, and it would, and like I'd kick, click on the edge of the screen, and they'd stop walking like three quarters of the way across the screen, and I'd have to click again. And I was like, I'm done with this. Uh, whatever you have to say, I'm done. Like I, I, I do not have the patience to be like double clicking, but waiting for your character to slowly move across the screen. Like that is not fun at <laughs> all. Funny enough, there's another game I played this week that is just like that. It's called Black Book, and it is a like action adventure game where you can walk to different places but you can also click on them and the character will walk automatically, almost like a, a point in action. It's a new genre, a point in action kind of game. And I got frustrated with just moving around the world and turned it off. So I totally understand that mentality. Uh, let me wrap this up real quick. So I'm going to take a break. Hold on. Hold on. I have a quick question for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that black book? Was it card based? I didn't find cards, but then again, maybe I didn't make it that far. Is it is it is it kind of like a very stylized, like low poly look? It is. The polys aren't high, but it looks kind of what's the? There's an art form it, like watercolor. Like, it is it? Are the characters two D? Like, I'm looking at a black book on Steam. That, is it the girl? Um, is the cover yes. of the girl with like the sun, like the? The eyes and the the sky, and she's lifting up a hand and has like a book in her arm. Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, so what a very weird art style. I can't tell if it's three D or all two D. Yeah, it reminds me. You know what it reminds me of? And this is awful. It reminds me of the Jackie Chan Stunt Master game. That's not. That's not a bad pull, actually. I mean, like the character, like the way they're kind of blocky, but you can't really tell if they're three D. Kind of, yeah. It's weird. All right, let me let me run through the rest of these, and I gotta take a break because I gotta I gotta use the restroom. Uh, Button City, 
is another game that I got frustrated with the way it plays. So, like, you're playing this little fox, you're going around this town, talking to people, um, completing uh, tasks for people. What frustrated me was, is, like, you know when you're playing a game and you see the little circle on the ground, you're supposed to go there and trigger the event or the conversation. Like, the detection of hitting that, I never got it on the first try. So, like, I would walk up, the button would pop up, I'd hit the button, nothing happened. I had to realize that I had to step back or step to the side or step forward a little bit to get it to trigger. And there were times where I would just mash the button while moving in hopes that it would trigger. And to me, that's just not a good design. Um, These next two games I played a heck of a lot more of than I expected to. The first was called Jelly Break Deluxe. Now, this is a simple concept. You are a character with two colors, orange and green. Um... You can jump and you can swap colors. So like if you want to walk. So the platforming part of the puzzles are there are green platforms, there are orange platforms. you got to switch between them to land on the platform. You get the idea. Um, but it is also like a shooter. So like you can shoot enemies while you're jumping between the platforms. That game was... I played through like 10 levels of that game. I thought it was cool. Um... I don't know. There was, it, it, it was something that was cool about it, and I just kept playing it. The next game I played a bunch of was Action Arcade Wrestling. Now, when you boot this up, it, it's about as generic as you get. You, you've played those games where you get in there, and there's not like a set, like, set of modes. There's just kind of like a sandbox to where you can go in, you can pick which wrestlers you want, you can pick which ring you want, you can pick which kind of match you want. You can pick which kind of like weapons you want, the difficulty, and then you can just play. What made this good was it plays like a fighting game. It's real simple. It's three buttons. Um, the way you think you should be able to do things in the ring, that's how you do them. Like It's very intuitive. And also, you can make custom shit, and I mean they don't give a fuck. I had the Ultimate Warrior versus Kratos. I had... Um, what was another good one? I had The Undertaker versus Donkey Kong. And <laughs> it's like the stuff you could download from their online, like, custom wrestlers and rings. Like, there's a ring that's a Monopoly board. And <laughs> it's just like, okay. But what makes it is that it's actually fun to play. Like, the, the the actual mechanics of the game are very good. Um, and I just had a lot of fun with it. And if you like old school, like, arcade wrestling games, I think you should play it. Um, next game was called Dueros. It is a... Like a third-person, like, top-down city-building game. It, I didn't care much for it. Uh, Shakes on a Plane is basically overcooked if you were serving people on an airplane. That sounds... I mean, like, what am I going to say? Like, it, it sounds like overcooked. <laughs> it, it's overcooked. It's just... just I mean, like, there's there's literal levels on overcooked where, like, you're on, like, two air balloons, and the air balloons, like, lower and raise. So what the fuck you... Yeah, th- this game is literally overcooked um... where you're only on a plane, and you've got to serve these people and pick up their trash and bring them pillows and it's 
It's fine. It's not really my jam. Kudos on the name. You know, that's pretty funny. Fort Triumph was um, uh, a grid-based strategy game. Didn't get much into that. I Am Dead is a narrative-driven like first-person game. Uh, it claims to have inverted controls. The inverted control option did not work, so I did not play it. And then finally, I tried six times to play Art of Rally. And there is a bug in that game that when you boot it up, it asks you to log into your uh, profile. It stops, it asks you to log in again, and it never starts. And I've looked at this online. There are tons of people complaining about it. Um, the developers are saying, you know, reset your Xbox. I did that three times. The game won't boot. So I was not able to play that game. I certainly tried, but I was unable to play that game. All right. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break and then come right back. All right. I didn't put any music in there for the break like some shows do. I uh, I forgot to mention I also played more of uh, There Is No Game. Oh, yeah. I keep seeing people talk about that. It's like 13 bucks on the Switch, right? So uh, I'm playing it on PC. I mean... It's all point and click, so it would work on the Switch probably pretty well as well, especially if you're playing touchscreen. If it's got touchscreen controls, that is, I, I honestly don't know. Um, and that game, that game has some real like out there thinking, uh, like clearly making fun of uh, old point and click games, but also falling into the same trap as old point and click games. Um, but uh, Man, I've still not. I'm not, I'm still not past the second chapter. Like, I'm still with uh, the Sherlock Holmes and Watson characters. Um, the writing is still great, um, but like, yeah, some of the stuff I'm like, oh Jesus, I do not know what to do here. <laughs> so I'm like sitting there, just kind of going, uh, what do I do next? Um, yeah, really, really smart stuff though in that game. Like, still, like, just after I solve it, I'm like. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I probably should have figured that out. Um, but yeah, that's a really smart game. And they, like right now, I'm in point and click world. But um, I think one of the later levels like is clearly a Zelda clone because that's one of the screenshots that they show is like a guy raising a sword above a stone that looks a lot like Zelda. <laughs> the graphics. Zelda. Yeah. So yeah, I, I forgot about that. It just because. When I sit at my PC, it's usually for other things. Yeah, I think that's a, another reason why I don't play a lot of PC games because I work like nine hours a day at a PC. Yeah, that would that would that would probably do it. Yeah, like why the fuck do I want to go sit back at my PC <laughs> play video games? All right, uh, let's talk about what's coming out this week. If you got one of them fancy new consoles, you got Greek or Greek uh, Memories of Azure, uh, Mortal Shell, The Virtuous Cycle. Recompile, 12 Minutes, which Drew and I were talking about earlier, is coming to Game Pass this week. And Madden... Oh, yeah, I have to play that. Yeah, Madden NFL 22. Um, oh, also on Friday, is it Friday? Uh, Ghosts of Tsushima, Director's Cut. Yeah. Uh, including Iki Island and Ghost of Tsushima Legends, which will be now a standalone um, thing. So, there you go. Uh, 
Uh, the PS4 and Xbox One, we got Pile Up Box Boy, or Pile Up Box by Box, sorry, uh, Madden NFL, Mayhem Brawler, which I've played a little bit of that. That game is a cool beat 'em up side scroller. Anthony, you should probably check that out. It's a cool game. Um, sorry, what's it called? Mayhem Brawler. Uh, Mortal Shell, the Virtuous Cycle, Tetris Effect Connected, making its way to PS4, Arietta of Spirits. Arietta of Spirits is a uh, 2D Zelda clone. Yes. It wasn't, it wasn't spectacular from the demo I played, but it was pretty good. It just wasn't like... I could feel it not being... It was like, oh, this is clearly emulating Zelda, but not reaching that level exactly, but it was a very good game. All right. Well, I will probably get a code for it on Friday. A couple hours. I'll check it out. I played a couple hours of it. So, also, holy shit, Mayhem Brawler kind of looks like Streets of Rage (laughs) Four. Yeah, it's and I've played it and it plays good. So you should probably check it out. Um, Ghost Tsushima is coming to PS4. Madden Twenty Two is coming to PS4. What's coming to Xbox? It's not on PS4. We got World Soccer Strikers Ninety One. Um, I think they're about thirty years late on that game. Uh, the Veil, Shadow of the Crown, uh, twelve minutes also coming to Xbox. Uh, as is Area of Spirits coming to Xbox One. All right, let's head over to the Switch. Oh, Area of Spirits also coming to the Switch. I think this is coming out on everything. It's a f- another game that's uh, well past its prime twenty-five years is Road ninety-six. Uh, we've also got Volleyball Challenge, Space Invaders, The Invincible Collection. Which, a code for that showed up in my inbox this morning. So, does anybody remember when I went off about... Um, no one remembers. Why am, I, why am I asking? I go off on a lot of things. Um, What'd you say? About... <laughs> uh, um, when I was talking about how Strictly Limited Games was kind of a scam because they had two companies that were not the same name. So, In-In and Strictly Limited are the same company. But Strictly Limited would sell the, um, oh god, what was it? Um, the Turrican. Oh game. yeah, Super Remember Turrican. How I was telling, yeah. yeah, I was talking about how they had the two collections for Turrican on the Switch. That were, if, if you had both of them, they were all the Turrican games. But then they released that Turrican flashback or whatever it was called. That had like four of the ten games. That was the same company. Strictly Limited took took those games, spread them over two cartridges, and charged you like fifty bucks a piece. And then In In, which is again the same company, Strictly Limited, same parent company, took like four of those games, put it on a cartridge and digital, and that was the only way to get them outside of buying Strictly Limited. And it wasn't a full complete section. Well, they did that with Space Invaders, uh, the Invincible Collection, because. Uh, in Japan, it was complete. Uh, however, to get it complete in the Western audiences with English, you know, put in, um, you had to buy it from Strictly Limited. However, there was the alternate version, which I can't remember what it was called. Um, and that was the in-in version, which I don't know if it had a physical release, but it did have the digital one. And it was like three, three single games out of the collection. And now they're doing the full collection. Like that's say, like this fucking company sucks ass so much. Like I hate I hate their fucking business practice. Like 
they should have just released this in the fucking first place. It's not a new release. It's literally we we fucking uh kneecapped the original version and now we're releasing the full version, you know, two years later or whatever. Sorry, it just it's irritating that like I called this out months ago and nothing has changed and now they're finally releasing this shit. Like we should have just gotten this in the first place. I was like, well, I got this coast in my inbox site redeem it now. Yeah, I mean, you can. It, it's just, it's like, it, it, it's, it's just an issue with like the, you, they buy the license because that's the thing. Like, they're not making any games. They're they're buying the licenses to games. Now, I think the only game that they've had any sort of like out the door pub, like right out the gate publishing was the Wonder Boy remake. <sighs> um, and I think they might be doing work on Clockwork Aquaria, which is the unreleased uh, West Weststone game that was like their final arcade game before they like disbanded um but otherwise like they licensed hurricane they licensed space invaders and why are they're paying for the license but then they're they're really gouging you for your money um to buy their strictly limited version but they have a publishing arm that works normally like like uh we were talking about no more heroes which is also on the list for because 3 comes out on Friday. Or uh, not this Friday, sorry, next Friday. Um, but we were talking about uh, No More Heroes on, on Twitter. And like I said, I had the lim- uh, limited run release. And you asked if there was digital version. And I almost responded, yeah, limited run doesn't do that shit. Because they don't. Like, they never they never make it unavailable. Like, this, the, the, the game, they don't... Um, uh, I don't even know how to put it. The, they don't gatekeep the releases. Right? Like, they just publish the physical versions. And, like, that's how this business should go. Like, there should be... Like, if you're all for game preservation, you should also be for the digital sales of video games. Because having it out in the world more is good. Like, that's literally how we have any WiiWare left. And, like, fucking in-in-in strictly limited. Suck ass. Anyway, sorry. I I just... Go flashbacks to Vietnam sort of thing. (laughs) Every time it comes up. I was going to say, you want to know what else is coming out on the Switch? I hope we don't have any more problems. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do want to know what else is coming it, up. It, Drew, later on, don't Google some of these. Just FYI. Uh, out of Line is coming out. Uh, Rogue Explorer. Swords and Souls Never Seen. Buisons? Buisons? B-U-I-S-S-O-N-S? I have no idea how to say that. Uh, Mayhem Brawler. Metal Commando. Monster Train First Class, Rims Racing, Rush Rally Origins, here's the one you don't want to Google, Sakura Succubus 4, yeah, that's the fourth one, I think those games are like once a month now, Uh, Where's Samantha, Uh, Zombo Buster Advanced, Ariana Spears, we're talking about City Driving Simulator 2, Heart Chain Kitty, and Space Scavenger. Those are all your games coming out this week. Uh, let's go into the news. I got a couple quick hits here real quick. Uh, one of them just came through. I read on Twitter. A um, couple of rumors of returning PlayStation franchises. The first one is Twisted Metal. The second one is Sly Cooper 5, currently in development. I think that's just a rumor yeah these are rumors these are rumors like the the sly cooper 5 i'm almost certain like i saw somebody on on 
Facebook. Like, someone had liked a post where it was, like, how to make the rumor that Sly Cooper 5 is happening, and it was them explaining how they made it happen. So, the Twisted Metal one has a little more clout, because I saw, um, well, maybe not clout, maybe it, it disproves it. It disproves oh. it a little bit, because okay. the rumor came out, and then David Jaffe made a comment that he had not been contacted about it, which... I get why people are... Well, let me finish. So, I get why people are like, well, why would they contact him? He's not making the game anymore. But they did reach out to him about the TV show, so I would be shocked if they didn't reach out to him at least oh. in a, like... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, um... Just to get his, in, his input on it. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that makes more sense. I didn't realize that about the, the TV. I was like, it, yeah, I don't understand why they'd contact him about that because they own the license. But if they did reach out to him to talk... Now, it depends. Did did Sony reach out to him about the TV show? Yes. Or did... yes. Okay. Sony reached out to him about the TV show because they were making it and obviously wanted his input um, because he did create the characters. You know what I mean? So And, and I mean, the best of those games were, were his games. Yes. His, his games. So one, two and um, black are the best of those games. I mean, the last one was also under him. Yeah, but that was a bad video game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he did have a run of those towards the end. He, so. he did. A lot of his games towards the end were not great, but we can never deny the fact that he made one, two God of war and black, which are all, fucking outstanding games. Let's be fair. Did he have something to do with Small Brawl? Uh, I think he might have consulted on it. But yeah, I, I think he... Because, like, 3 and 4 had nothing to do with him. No, that was Rob Zombie's games. <laughs> Wait, were they really? No, no. He, he's, I, I mean, the song Rob, was, Zombie, the Rob song. Zombie, I wouldn't be surprised if he had... A video game company? Hand. For sure. Yeah. No. So, uh, the reason why I ask, but that was... um. Oh, Not, nine eight nine studios. All... Yeah, thank you. Yep. Yeah. Which those those nine eight nine studios had some great games, but they also had some really shitty games. Were they the? And this is this is maybe you know maybe I'm asking no one here that would know. Um, were they like the the farmhouse for Sony at one point? Like because they were first party, right? Yeah, nine eight nine was first party, and I believe a lot of the team from Single Track went over to nine eight nine studios. And then 989 broke off into multiple teams of, like, making regular games, sports games. Um, I think 989 worked on Siphon Filter before they split it off into their own team. I just know that their their logo was on a ton of shit. Yeah, they were kind of like a, I, I don't want to call it third party, it was more like a first party publishing arm of Sony because you had 989 Sports, 989 Studios and I think that was just a con- a name for the conglomerate of first party Sony Studios because if you remember Single Track did like Warhawk and Twisted Metal and then Single Track disappeared and a lot of that team went to 989 Studios publisher of Bust a Groove one and two, which is weird because they didn't have anything to do with the development of it. But um, I think they local. I think they kind of localized. Yeah, they localized it. it. Yeah, yeah, because that game was made by Enix. Enix, right? yeah. Yep. 
God, how do I remember that? Why does my brain retain shit know why? like that? I know why. I can tell you why. Because why the fuck did Enix make that game? I don't know, but that game was rad, dude. I fucking love... The, the music in 1 is so good. Yeah. Bust the, the music Groove, in 2 is alright. Bust the Groove was such a great game. And the character design were spectacular. Was 989 Parappa? Like, was that... No, that was just Sony... Sony Computer or Sony Interactive Entertainment or whatever it was called. SCEA back in the day. I don't think that was 989. Um, Rapa, I think, was just Sony. I want to know the history of 989 Studios now. It's it's crazy to me. Just because of that. Oh, I gotta look yeah, this up. 989. Rapa was just Sony Interactive. God, 989 Studios, holy shit, 2 Extreme, Blasto, Cart World Series, ESPN Extreme Games, Jet Moto, Jet Moto 2, MLB 98, MLB 99. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. 989, the 989 sports name was developed from a long history of games, blah, 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 blah. Foster City, California. Um, Sony ImageSoft merged with Sony Interactive Studios America. And in 1998 was renamed 989 Studios. So there you go. What a weird, what a weird studio. I mean, they went from 1996 as Sony uh, Interactive Studios America up through 2003. Their last published game was World Tour Soccer 2003. I'm looking at uh, it's saying the original the original founding was in 1995, went defunct in 2000, was relaunched in 2001, and went defunct in 2005. Yeah, that's not at all what I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm looking at a list of all of their games. Most of them towards yeah, the mean, end was the sports games, nine eight nine sports from two thousand or from ninety nine to two thousand three. So yeah, man. Just anyways, yeah, just a weird. Thing. Sorry, we, we, we got distracted. We got 989. Um, 989. <laughs> another rumor that th- I think this one has a little more credibility, uh, the GTA Remastered Trilogy, which it's not really, really remastered, they're remakes. Running an Unreal Engine. Yeah, I wonder how much of a remake it is. If it's just moving, not say that it's as easy as just moving assets over, but like, are you... Are you just taking the models that you already have and putting them in a new engine, or are you cleaning them up a bit? Because, like, let's be honest, Claude in GTA 3 is pretty rough-looking in comparison to CJ from San Andreas. Yep. Uh, supposedly so, this thing is going to be out in November, too. So, yeah, And, like, I'm not against this. You know what I'd really like a remake of? Uh, the Liberty City stories and Vice City stories, because neither... well. Vice City Stories is definitely not available, but like I don't think Liberty City Stories is really available either. Um, no. The uh, fuck, it just yeah. I, I I the first thought I had was wow we've really moved because at first it was like people were talking about it on the Switch and I was like oh, I'm fucking just changing trilogies now. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, there's been a little bit more on that than there has been on Metroid Prime Trilogy. Though, also that. <laughs> Uh, I got a twofer here. So QuakeCon is coming up on uh, this week, actually. QuakeCon will be this week. It was really weird for me that this is now a Microsoft event. Like, blows my mind. Now, now, 
does Microsoft include stuff that's not Bethesda based in QuakeCon? Like, does Halo show up at QuakeCon? I don't. Eh, I don't think so. I think this is just id shooters. But I mean, like Bethesda would put in um, other stuff, wouldn't they? In QuakeCon Pass, like, wasn't like Dishonored included at times? I don't know. Maybe this... I don't remember. I can't remember. The, the, the important part of the story is that there's a rumor Quake's coming back. Is it? It's is it going to be based off of Quake or is it going to be based off of Quake Two? So the rumor, the only pieces of the rumor that I have are that it's Bethesda and Machine Games resurrecting Quake. That's all I got. Machine Games finish their fucking trilogy of Wolfenstein for. They got to do Indiana Jones and what's the other game they're working on? Um, Never gonna get finished. I'm never gonna see Hitler die. (laughs) You never get to fight Mecha Hitler. I here's how I here's how I'd want Wolfenstein three to go. Seeing how we're probably never gonna fucking see it at this point. I want you to start off. The game's going pretty smoothly because obviously the second game is pretty rough at the beginning um you kill hitler and you think well that was pretty quick and then they fucking pull a boys from brazil and there's multiple hitler clones and then you just fucking decimate hitler clones for the rest of the game i would love you to fight mecha old old crazy fucking hitler in the mech, mech suit from the original Wolfenstein, right? But then, like, you literally have to just fight, like, super Hitlers and just murder them all because nothing makes me feel better in those games than watching Nazis die in high visceral detail. Like, just, oh. Watching, watching BJ Blazkowicz, the Jewish American superhero, murder Nazis was just perfect. Oh. Um... I'm, I'd love to see them, but I, the reason why I ask if it's Quake or Quake 2 is because Quake 1 is very much based off of, like, Cthulhu sort of mythos. Yeah, it's more Quake like a is... dark, horror, medieval-inspired, and, and Quake, Quake 2, 2 is... is very industrial and... Industrial doom. Yeah. I, I'm down for what... I... People underappreciate Quake 4, and I liked Quake 4. Well, it's the aliens, right? Like It's I, the Strog, I've never played, I've and you become a Strog in Quake 4. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's in the but I, first couple levels. I just I want more like fighting abyssal horrors than I do want like than I want fighting aliens because like fighting aliens you know. Motherfucker, I just want Quake back. I grew up playing okay. Quake. I I loved all the Quakes. Just I want I want I want them to put Doom into Quake. I want those two series to just kind of merge into. What if one. they called it Duke? <laughs> <laughs> Was that your segue? No, I don't know. Realms, into Realms Deep? Dude, Power Slave is coming back. Fuck you, man. Oh. Power Slave. Power was Slave was good so good. Oh, fucking. God damn, man. Like... And it's a mixture of the Saturn and PlayStation versions, which were very different and very. Like, there were really good parts of both of those versions, but man, Power Slave is such a good game. Night Dive Studio, man. I, I, I really want my Shadow Man on console, Night Dive. I want to play it. Yeah, that's a, that's weird that that hasn't really still, but yeah. Uh, Microsoft's also going to be at Gamescom on August 24th, so they will be part of that. 
another rumor, Call of Duty Vanguard will be the next Call of Duty game. It's uh, set in World War II. Did World War II do well for <sighs> COD? I honestly don't know. Like, I just don't feel like that made... I mean, Black Ops 4 was seemingly hated by a bunch of people, but also played by a bunch of people. So I, I'm out I of the COD loop, so I don't know. But like, I don't remember people talking highly of World War Two. Yeah, I I don't I don't know what is the hotness in the Call of Duty world right now. I'm not in that world. Um, I play the campaigns, and that's about it. Yeah, me too. Castlevania Grimoire of Souls is coming to Apple Arcade. After being delisted from early beta. Yep, and it's out on Android, it's coming to Apple Arcade. I might actually play this, because I have Apple Arcade, and it's on my TV. Is it? Is it coming to Android? I thought Apple Arcade stuff had to be exclusive. Mm, I thought it was on Android. I think it was on Android. They, they take it off? I think it's taken off. That's Because, weird. well, it was in beta, right? It was in, like, a open beta sort of thing, and then they pulled it down... And it went to Apple Arcade, so I think it has to be exclusive. Now, I'm assuming because it's Apple Arcade, any sort of microtransaction stuff has been removed. Yeah, because it's just a subscription service. You know, I I mean, good. Don't ruin a game with microtransactions. But, uh, you know, disappointing that I can't play it, but, you know, whatever. I'd rather a good game exist and me not be able to play it than a bad game, just or a game that I, series that I love, be ruined by microtransactions and greed. Yeah. No. Here's a weird one. Uh if you were looking forward to playing the new Life is Strange on the Switch this fall, it's still coming, but the remastered trilogy or the remastered versions of the first two games or whatever I, I can't keep track of how many of these are. Uh that has been delayed into next year. So if you've not played those They're not related. <laughs> They're not related. But they have they, characters the first two in games. Them. The first all video games have characters. No, in them. they have characters um, from those original games in the new one. What? I'm pretty sure I saw that in the trailer. I, man, I don't think so. I think you were combining because they were all like one trailer that they had. I'm pretty sure it's its own story. Oh, I don't know. I don't care. I don't like those games, but that remaster trilogy has been moved in next year. I know Drew loves them. I know you love them. I hate them. Man, uh, it, <laughs> speaking of games that move slow. That game starts off pretty slow, but they just give you enough to be like, all right, just a little bit longer, and then you go, and then fucking chapter five of the first series is so fucking weird and mind-blowingly awesome. I deleted it after chapter two. <laughs> what? The, hello? Fine. Oh, I, I didn't hear you. Just, oh, I said no. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. So disappointed you stopped after chapter. I two. mean, I had spent like five hours in that thing, and it was not good, so I turned it off. Um, some streamers are about to get a rude awakening. I don't know if you saw Doctor Disrespect has started a game company where he's going to make games with other influencers. <laughs> yeah, I heard I about this. Played a game like that. Yeah, it's called Slide Stars. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I think those are different kind of influencers, Drew. <laughs> oh, shit. I love how these guys think that making games is so... How many times well, have I seen, like, 
you hear people cry all the time, like, why didn't Capcom remake Resident Evil 4? Hasn't that Resident Evil 4 fan HD remake been in development for, like, 20 fucking years? Yeah, but it's, like, one guy. I understand that, but everybody thinks it's so easy to do these. Remember when... I hate to invoke this name, Drew, I apologize, but do you remember when NeoGAF was making a game? No? Probably not, I don't. So they thought they could make a game, and they started it, and there was actually development, and they actually got John St. John to do the voice. That thing never came out. There's more games announced that don't come out than do. I know, but it's just funny how you very rarely hear of some people who are like, well, I could make a game better. Actually make a game, period. Uh, here's the... I don't like Dr. Disrespect. I think it's Oh, I don't either. Stupid. I think but, the best joke I saw on um, Twitter was like, what is it going to be, a bathroom simulator? <laughs> I will say, I will say this. He actually has worked on video games. Like, he was a... a um, either a level designer or a map designer for one of the Call of Duties. Like, he, he has actual... He has actually worked, you know, in the industry. Was he um, tightening like, up the graphics on level 3? Oh, shit, I was going to make that joke, damn it. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know. Oh, God, we got to find that for him, Drew. We got to find that for him. Oh, my God, it's so good. I can't um, believe you get paid to play video games. <laughs> We gotta tighten up the graphics on level three. Okay then. Um but yeah, he <laughs> he um he has worked on video games. That being said, the last people I want to be like asked, like, what do you think would make a good video game is fucking streamers. Well yeah, because they play the same kind of games that and it's I get it, it's their business models what people well, watch, but still. Well so so my idea is a hundred people. Jump into an island. A <laughs> hundred streamers drop into an island. Ah, <laughs> oh, fucking hell! All right, last um, bullet point before I get into the indie showcases. Um, Idris Elba is gonna be Knuckles, motherfucker. Yeah, he is. That's gonna be so good. <laughs> I'm excited because it's like the perfect stupid choice, but I know he'll give 110 percent because it's Idris Elba. Yeah. That's gonna he's be great. good it's, shit. He doesn't give a shit if he's do, he. The the funniest part is he can do serious stuff, and you'll be like, "Yeah, that's a really fucking amazing role he's playing." And then he'll do some dumb shit, and you'll still be like, "Yeah, that's an amazing role he's playing." I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever seen him in something I didn't like him in. Oh, he's been in bad stuff, but he's like the best part of bad stuff. That's what I'm saying. Is like his role is. What's the first time I was introduced to him is when I watched The Wire. What was that? What? I heard beeping. Somebody beeping? Somebody about to self-destruct. <laughs> um, first time I saw him was The Losers. Oh, God, yeah, I remember that movie. That movie was That's bad. Cool. No, that movie's great. No. That movie's great. It's dumb fun. He's great in it. I'll give you that. Everybody's great in it. It's a good movie. It's Wire. Just, it's dumb. It the Wire is a good show. Oh, I mean, it's not, it wasn't, no, nobody's going to be... The Wire's serious. <laughs> the Losers is not. All right. Um, there were two indie showcases this week. One by Microsoft, um, one by I, Nintendo. Oh, go ahead. So, speaking of people that are making game studios that probably shouldn't, um, Robin Fink, the guitarist of Nine Inch Nails, who I think played with 
uh, Marilyn Manson at one point in time. Um, but he's mainly known for his work with Nine Inch Nails. And one of the developers of Spec Ops The Line are making a video game studio. Spec Ops The Line wasn't good because of the actual gameplay. <laughs> you want to know what they should call that game? It's good because of the writing. They should call that game Pretty Hate Machine. It wasn't on that album. I don't care. Nobody knows that. Except for you. I know. <laughs> oh, Pretty Hate Machine is just Trent Reznor at that point. I, I know. Oh, freaking, I'm going to kill your joke. Kill it dead. Oh, that's fine. They usually die on the vine anyway, so I don't care. Okay. They should probably call the game studio I want to fuck you like an animal. They can do that too. Gamestudios.com Dot <laughs> I mean, we had this story last week about the studio called There's No Moon Studios. This is true. So we're just making we're just taking Star Wars quotes and making those fucking studio names. So why not? <sighs> um, as I was saying, Microsoft and Nintendo both had indie showcases this week. You know what the difference between the two of them was? Uh, no. Nintendo achieved more in twenty minutes than Microsoft did in two fucking hours. Uh, do you want me? I can't. I don't even remember what was announced or shown at the Microsoft because I didn't watch it, and I haven't heard anything about it since. Okay, so the Microsoft one was ruined by the fact that it was a Twitch gaming presentation. So they had, they yeah, they had influencers on there reacting like after every trailer. And I have a lot of respect for Steve Saylor, the blind gamer. I think he's great, but we really did not need that much of like, oh my god, did you see that game? Oh my god, I can't wait to play this. Oh my god, did you see that game? Oh my god, I can't wait to play this. That's not interesting, like at all. And the problem is, is there was a ton of really cool looking games shown at the Microsoft one. Um, Headlines, Stardew Valley is coming to Game Pass, which is huge. Um, The Artful Escape looks cool. Sam and Max got shadow dropped. It's now on Xbox. Um, Ollie Ollie World was shown. Uh, Aeon Drive, which looks cool. But they played Aeon Drive for like 20 minutes, and it was awful. Like, watching these people play this game while talking over it was just, it was a bad format. Um, Paparazzi coming to Game Pass, where you take photos of dogs. Uh, Origami 2, the Ninja Tenchu-style game, coming to Game Pass. Evil Genius 2, launching into Game Pass. Library of Ruina uh, was a shadow drop, dropped on Game Pass. Pathfinder, Wrath of the Righteous is coming. Uh, The Wandering Village, where you're building a city on the back of a giant turtle. Uh, Lab Rat, RPG Time, which looked cool, looked like a like a sketchbook uh, drawing of RPGs. So there was a lot of the big con was another big one. Uh, a lot of cool games coming out of that showcase, but for two hours, most people lost interest in that showcase. So Nintendo comes out the next day, 20 minutes long. Boom, 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 boom. We had Bomb Rush, Cyberfunk, which is Jet Set Radio. Looks awesome. Axiom Verge 2, Shadow Dropped. Uh, Eastward from Chucklefish looks looks incredible. It's an action adventure RPG. Toem, which was the laid back like um, hand drawn game where you're taking pictures. That's the one I'm so excited to play. Like yeah. I, 
I talked about that. I played that demo. That game looks like so unlike anything else because of how it works. Because it goes into first person, but everything's made out of like 2D assets and everything. Oh, fuck. I, I love that demo. Yep. I stopped playing it because I went, I'm just going to play this. Shovel Knight is back with Pocket Dungeon. Uh, Metal Slug Tactics is coming to the Switch. Tetris Effect is coming to the Switch. Far Changing Tides, which, by the way, if you haven't played Far Alone Sales, you need to play it. It's so good. Uh, Loop Hero coming uh, to Switch. Boyfriend Dungeon, which also came to Xbox uh, in his own Game Pass, so you can go play that. Uh, Necro Barista. Islanders, the console edition, and as Anthony mentioned earlier, Garden Story is coming to the Switch. It's already out. And then we had a montage of uh, Slime Rancher, uh, Curious Expedition 2, 100 Days Winemaking Simulator, Gang Beasts, Astroneer, and Lumber Jack. And then the day after, they announced Spelunky 1 and 2 are also coming to the Switch. So in less than 30 minutes... Nintendo came out and said, Microsoft, here's how you do an indie presentation. It was embarrassing, because Microsoft's really supporting indie games. They're doing a very good job of getting indie games onto Xbox, onto Game Pass. But this presentation was bad, Microsoft. It was bad. Like... Anyway, there you go. Um, is that it for? That's all I got for news. So if you have anything else, okay. go ahead and hit it because I'm so gonna pull up the email. I'm... Man, there's there's kind of a lot. So Realms Deep is happening. I think it's done. Yeah, I think it was yesterday, right? Man, they they always they always confuse me because there's like um, a, there's a bunch of stuff announced. Guess what? It's all first person shooters that play like classical uh, first person shooters. Yeah, it's I'm 3D currently realms. going through the <laughs> Well, it's 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 3D Realms run, but it's um it's a bunch of different devs. Uh unfortunately, I found out that uh Project Warlock 2 is going to be going to Kickstarter, which is kind of disappointing cuz I thought that game was just going to be coming out. Um Sorry, I'm still scrolling through the list of stuff that's happened over the last week. We week. nailed There's the big one. It was Power Slave, baby. Power Slave was the big one. There's a new postal game coming out. It's called Brain what? Dead, right? Yes. But did you watch the gameplay of it? I saw some GIFs, and I'm like, okay. It's kind of just Doom Eternal. Because <laughs> you even have the shotgun sort of with the, the hook on the end. Yeah, uh, Postal sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> Postal was interesting because of how interactive it was. You mean Not back in the 90s it... when you could flip a light switch and flush a toilet in Duke Nukem? I mean... uh, no, more like it was interesting because of what, uh, like, it, you could wait in line to pay for this milk, or you could just leave, and both of those are totally find ways to solve that problem of getting milk for the girlfriend that, boy, we've come a long way in video games, just called the bitch. <laughs> sure. You know. Anyways, um, it, it was interesting because there were small things like that, like you don't, you could finish that game without ever pulling the trigger on a gun. Like, someone's done it. It's just, it's a horrible pain in the ass. But, like, 
that was kind of the point of those games was to be this really weird interactive, like taking the Duke Nukem 3D stuff and building a game around it. Um, Jupiter Hell's released, finally. Um, and then I just have a bunch of other stuff that's random, but uh, Darksiders 3 is coming to Switch. Lego Marvel Super Heroes, the first one's coming to Switch. Fantasian Part 2 is now out on Apple Arcade, or it's coming to Apple Arcade, finally. That game was neat. Um, it was only released its first part, so... Yeah, uh, I played like an hour of it. That was neat. I don't have it, but El Shaddai's price has been announced. Oh, yeah. Comes out September September 1st. Noah's Son, the game. Weird ass. I love that fucking game. That game is great. Game. I'm Wait, just saying. No, nope. well, no, sort of. They're porting it to PC. It's just a PC port. It's not a remake. So it'll it'll look prettier. Yeah, but I've already played it, and like, if I want to play it again, I want to I want to bring it to consoles. Yeah, but we already had this talk earlier on that you're not a PC guy. So yeah, I know. I'm just I glad just... it's getting a second chance. I'm sure that if it does well on PC, it ain't. It won't. But... No, it won't. But if it does, because you don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how how well we'll do. Um, and then the last one is, uh, man, that Super Bun- Monkey Ball Banana Mania, which is release of one and two, is really adding a bunch of content. <laughs> Dude, that game's gonna be like awesome. I don't give a Sonic. Fuck. Sonic and Tails are coming to it. Sonic was in the um, uh, Banana Blitz uh, remake. But uh, it was really hard to unlock him. So yeah, Sonic and Tails are coming. Um, and um, oh my god, Jet Force or not uh, Jet Set Radio guy um, Beat is coming as well as a playable character. It's the only time you'll ever get to play Beat again. No, he'll be in the next Sega All Stars Racing. They're never making another tennis. one of those. I don't know. Maybe they will. They seem to like to bring people out, be like, here's your hopes, and then they crush it because they never release a game. Like, here's Knights. But somehow they we just... got a Shinmu in... Well, but Shinmu, they had nothing to do with Shenmue other than licensing out. Yeah, but we still got one. That's not Sega's fault. I mean, Sega greenlit the first one. I, I blame Sega for all the things, Shinmu. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Well, when Yu Suzuki's like, I have an idea for a game, and he has been the guy that's like, he made Virtual Fighter, let's just allow him to do it. And then you start seeing it, and you're like, oh boy, it's going to cost us a lot of money, but maybe it'll be good, and then it's not. What are you talking about? It's the most evolutionary game of all time. I got an email from Antonio. You want me to read it? Drew, this email's all for you. Perfect. It's called Scam 4G. (laughs) Oh, that's us. He says, Sup, fellas, last week you guys spent some time bantering about scams. Well, here are some of the things I've been witness to. I received a voicemail a few months ago saying a lawsuit was being filed against me and a warrant issued for me by the IRS. I've had that one. I've got that phone call. Um, I prevented my brother's dad from being scammed when he asked me to look into an ad for a car he wanted to buy, and I immediately figured it was a scam by how long... How low the asking price was, plus a Google search on the phone number revealed it was indeed a scam. I haven't seen that one. Um, 
My mom received a letter in the mail about a job offer to use her car as a rolling billboard. I did a Google search and found it to be a scam as I had suspected it was. Had to tear the letter to shreds because sadly my mom still insisted she was curious about it. Uh, my best friend messaged me one day and told me she got hired to work from home. Uh, this was when she had a bad split from her ex-husband was struggling to raise her three kids. Told she was going to be processing checks, and I immediately told her it was a scam. She tried to play it off as a joke, but I know her too well. She was just too embarrassed to admit she fell for it. And lastly, my brother, unfortunately, he slipped through my grasp here by minutes, by mere minutes. Okay, so my brother graduated from college this year, and I immediately started job searching online. He accepted a job offer that required him to receive a check, cash it, and then deposit it elsewhere. I know that's a scam, but unfortunately I didn't know he received it until 20 minutes after the deed was done. Um, I, for the life of me, could not understand how he could have fell for it. Once again, I did some research. Turns out young people are increasingly falling for check scams because they are largely unfamiliar with checks in today's age. <laughs> and he is now on a payment plan with his bank to pay back around $4,000. Oh, and then scammed for $4,000. No! Yeah... Oh fucking Christ! <laughs> he says enough with all this so, scam. All oh, enough with all this scam talk. I'm really looking forward to how awesome abandoned is going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not a scam yet. As soon as they start yet. taking pre-orders, it's a scam. So no. I've got a I've got a scam story for you. Oh, oh no. bring it on. <laughs> It it didn't. Ha- it actually happened to me. Oh no! True. I <laughs> no, I didn't fall for it. <clears throat> I um, I may have told this story before, but um, back in the early days of Twitter, um, and I think this app still exists. It was called uh, Foursquare. I remember Foursquare, where you would check in at different places, saying, "Hey, I'm here." And, <laughs> Such uh, a stupid thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's dumb. It's dumb. Um, and it was a time where I was living with my roommates, and I used Foursquare a good amount. I had it also linked to my Twitter account, um, and so anytime I would check in someplace, it would say, "Hey, I'm here with legit like the address," which is very very bad in in today's standards. It probably was back then too, but. Where did um, where I can be jumped? Yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm by myself. <laughs> Basically, that's what it was. So, um, I we went to Walmart. Uh, we had to do some grocery shopping, and so uh, it was just me and my roommate. And I checked in at Walmart because everywhere I went, I did it, <laughs> and. And, uh, well, it automatically sent to Twitter. Well, I didn't think anything of it. And while we're walking around the store, over the intercom, we hear, Drew Leachman, you have a phone call. <laughs> and I was like, what? And then my, my roommate my roommate looked at me. He's like, who the fuck knows we're here? I was like, I didn't know nobody. Except the entire so, internet. I will say I did. I, I, I did not put two on top of two. So, <laughs> so 
So I went to the uh, I, I went to the closest like Walmart employee and I was like, hey, I'm Drew. I need to take a phone call. And they're like, yeah. So they took me to the um, like the dressing department, like where, where they they have like the, the dressing rooms and stuff. And there was a lady there with a phone. I was like, I'm Drew. I'm here to get this phone call. So I picked it up. And there was a guy on the other line. He said that he was with Walmart corporate office. And he said that, uh, did you check in at this store uh, on Foursquare? I was like, yeah, I did. He's like, well, I want to congratulate you. You just won $200 gift card to Walmart. And I was like, oh, well, that's, that's fantastic. At that point, I was like, <laughs> red flag, red flag. So I was like, all right, cool. And he's like, uh, could I get your email address? I'm like, sure. I gave him an old, I gave him my old Yahoo email address, which I never use anymore. I think everybody has a Yahoo email address that they don't use anymore. <laughs> so I gave him the old Yahoo email address. He's like, okay. We said, we just sent you the email uh, with the, uh, the gift card uh, redeem on it. All you got to do is go to walmart.com, redeem it, and you're good to go. I said, okay, cool. He said, well, how did you enter into this contest? I was like, I didn't even know a contest existed. He said, well, yeah, you have to enter into the contest. He's like, that's not a big deal. We can go ahead and do that. He said, there is a, a $5 fee. Uh, and I was like, okay. And he's like, so could I get a credit card to put that $5 on? And I was like, I don't have a credit card, which was a lie. I do have a credit card. Like, I don't have a credit card. And he legit asked. He's like, but you're at Walmart right now, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, how are you going to buy your things? I said, I had this thing called cash. It's accepted everywhere. At this, at this point, the woman who's running the, the, the dressing room area, she's talking to me. She's like, sir, I've missed three phone calls. I really need that phone back. I was like, all right, I'll tell you what, dude, here. And here's a Walmart employee. I gave the phone to her. She then picks it up, and she starts talking to him. He's like, oh, you're with Walmart corporate? I was like, he's not with Walmart corporate. It's a scam. Hang up the phone. <laughs> Hung up the phone. I turn and look at my roommate. He's like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I was like, dude, this dude tried to scam me. And it, I, I, like, I, I figured it out. I was like, because my Twitter account was open to everybody, you could just search in the Twitter search Walmart and see I checked in at this Walmart. He then looked up the phone number to that Walmart and called me and tried to scam me out of my whole credit card balance, apparently. Wow. And I was, yeah, I was just like, there, that was my wake up call of don't put everything on the internet. Yep. And yeah. So that, that was that, like, I, I was smart enough to know this is fishy. I'm not going to deal with this. And once he started getting slightly defensive, asking me dumb rhetorical questions like, well, how are you going to buy something at Walmart today if you don't have a credit card? You're a fucking idiot. Your answer should have been, if the lady wasn't there, your answer should have just been, oh, no, I'm just stealing this. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm just I'm shoplifting, man. What are you talking about? How are you going to pay for it, uh, theft? <laughs> well, I got pockets, motherfucker. How are you going to pay yeah. for it? Well, that $200 gift card that you just sent me, you dumb <laughs> Oh, yeah. By the way, I did later on that day log into my old Yahoo account. There was nothing there. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's because you didn't pay. That's because you didn't pay the $5. Yeah, you got, you got your email revoked because you didn't pay the $5. Yeah. 
So that was another thing he said. He's like, I just sent you a $200 gift card and you're not going to pay $5 for the entry fee? I was like, dude, fuck off. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you should have been like, no, you already sent it to me. Fuck you. The, 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 the but it was the, the scary thing was, is like, this guy obviously has done this before and it's obviously worked for him. And that's the scary thing. The, the only saving grace is that the people who would fall for that don't know what the fuck Foursquare is or Twitter for that matter at that given time. But there were, I'm sure there were people who were just like, oh man, I got a gift card. Yeah. You know, and sign me up. Yep. It is. I, a... I, I, I have to, I have to say this. If anybody out there that's listening to this has scammed somebody like that before, I want you to quietly go to a corner and fuck yourself <laughs> because that is fucking horrendous yeah. to, to trick somebody into giving up their hard earned fucking money like that. Like seriously, like I have no respect for anybody who does that stuff. I'll plug a guy cause I absolutely love his videos. Kit Boga. He is a guy on YouTube who also Twitch streams and all he does is call up scam phone numbers and waste their time. He pretends to be people like he has a voice changer and all sorts of stuff. And he, he screws with people who are scam people. And the, the crazy thing is, is that like, there are just like what I'm imagining fucking warehouses of people who are constantly on the phone scamming people that's all they do all day there's a uh there's a great episode well it's a two-part episode from uh disgraced pot podcast i kid um but there were some there's some issues and some of the hosts aren't there but the one of the hosts that's still there um uh reply all uh alex goldstein i think it was alex uh went to um went to india to meet the people he was talking to on the scam phone line. <laughs> yeah, it gets a little crazy because he makes a mistake and tells them what hotel they were staying at at one point. After them intimidating <laughs> both him and the producer. But it's a fucking great two-part episode. Uh, and they find out some of the stuff behind it. Uh, yeah, there's just these rooms that they, they just offices with no windows and stuff it's pretty fucked up um my dad i remember as a kid my dad got one of those calls for a free trip all we need is your blah 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 and my dad just strung the guy along for weeks <laughs> and just stopped answering <laughs> but fucking hey, there's a guy who did a bunch of ted talks he's a british guy he's almost like a halfway comedian and he is his whole routine is him responding to scam emails and roping them along. Um, I can't remember what his name is now, but you can Google search him. He's he's pretty hilarious too. But it's it, dude, it's 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 bad. Like the scams out there now, like like you know now they don't even get people to do it anymore, especially on the phone calls. It's all just automated crap about my extended warranty or some bullshit. Mm-hmm. And so you, you just know to hang it up. The thing is, is that those calls are are using real world numbers 
because I've called it back into some random person will pick up and I'm like, Hey, you just called me. And they're like, no. And it happened to me too. Like somebody called me and I'm sitting at work and like, yeah, I just got a phone call from this number wanting about my extended warranty. I'm like, dude, I haven't used my phone all day today. So they used my number for this. And he couldn't grasp that concept, and I finally just hung up on him. It's called, it's called number spoofing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what's what's even crazier? So, so the thing is that number spoofing is sort of easy because it's just tricking the caller ID portion. Uh, what's crazier is the email ones where the email spoof. Um, I've seen them come from legitimate email sources that are like clearly fake uh, emails still, but like. God damn, they're pretty damn close to uh and it's not like, you know, Amazon spelled with a zero instead of an O type of thing. Like, no, it looks like it's an Amazon email. Um or well, it's not Amazon. What's the one that uh I got someone I got one from like a French website and I looked up the company and like sure enough that's the email. But like the email has nothing to do with what I'm looking at on the website. So I'm like, this is not the same uh but um I mean, they can send emails to you from your own email, but that's obviously not what's happening. Like, they're spoofing it to make it look like you're sending yourself an email. Like, the hackers inside. I've got multiple emails. They're, like, my favorite emails to read because they're hilarious. Is it the one? It's the one where I've recorded you pleasuring yourself. Here's an old password. Yeah, using an old password. We see this password, which we got from, you know, there's multiple websites out there that just have old passwords whenever there was like a container breach, breach or something. Yeah. And and it's like, yeah, this is your old password, right? Well, it was used to log into a pornography site. <laughs> well, we used your webcam to uh, to watch you uh, pleasure yourself. So we got a picture-in-picture picture of what you were watching and the picture of you masturbating, essentially. And uh, you need to give us uh, 600 Bitcoin or we're going to uh, send this to all your contacts in your uh, in your email address. And I was thinking, well, Ken, Anthony, Ryan and Dave are going to really enjoy that video of me. I'm going to say, if he's going to send it out, at least give me the title. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, hey, just so you know, there's a video coming. <laughs> and there's also My... a Drew coming. <laughs> I god damn it. I've always been disappointed that it's like sent from like an email that's clearly not going to respond back because all I've wanted to do is send them a video of me jerking off to the email. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> oh shit. Alright, let's do some tweets and get out of here. I gotta I gotta pick up groceries in like forty minutes. Yeah, that's my Sunday tradition now. I'll pick up groceries. Uh, Chad writes in and says, Just saying, and he links to a story of the Atomic Heart devs saying that the game is in the polish stage uh, and it has two endings and stable performance on PS4. Okay, great. When's it coming out? Never. Exactly. Like, they haven't announced a thing. They've they've gone out and said, I, well, I, I, I didn't bring it up in the news, so I thought it's not worth it, but like the Atomic Heart devs also said, that uh, they hate studios that cut up parts to, like, tease people. <clears throat> you have been doing that for years. <laughs> Shut your fucking mouth. Well, Microsoft did say it's coming to Game Pass this year, but we'll see. 
Yeah, it's one of those, like, it's been in dev long enough. And listen, this is a case scenario where it's like, I am totally fine with being wrong. In fact, I'd prefer to be wrong because it means I get to play it. It's just, as someone that's been following them on Facebook for at least five years, like, I started following them before I wrote for the site, before I was on this podcast. I want to play that game. I want to play it bad. Yeah, me too. I'm it hoping like... I'm hoping it makes it into my discussion for game of the year, you know? But we'll see. Yeah, it, but it's just one of those things where it's like I I've been strung along so long now that it's like yeah, you know, when it comes out I'll believe it. Mookie says, "Have you guys ever tried something similar to this? I bet baby boy John would approve." And he sent a video of the donut smash burger. Y'all know what this is? I'm sure you do. That's, that's the donuts as the... Um, the buns. The buns. Yep. Um, I have wanted to try one of those, and I never have. Is it, is it, is it a glazed donut, or is it Hell just a yeah, donut? Hell yeah, it's gotta be a glazed oh, donut. I don't know, man. Because, like, a, a glazed donut's sweet. I know. Like, a, a normal donut, like, a, like an old-fashioned donut might be good. Like, just nothing on it, sort of, like... No, nah, motherfucker, dry. I want chocolate and sprinkles. Uh, ooh, no, no thank you. <laughs> no, I, I think that, I think the actual menu item is a glazed donut. It, I mean, like, it's it's probably not bad. It, 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 it's not like those have tons of flavor. It's just the sweet mixed with, like, whatever you... Because burgers aren't generally sweet. So it's just, that's where I'm like, eh, I don't know if those two flavors are going to go together well. True. Do you did you have a opinion on the donut I, smash? I'm I'm good. I think I don't, I don't need I don't need that. Now I will say that sometimes sweet with a burger can go okay. I've went to specialty burger places before and ordered the Elvis, where they put peanut butter on it. Peanut butter on it's a hamburger okay. I've heard is okay. It's okay. It's okay. I don't know. I totally eat the donut smash. I don't care try anything on a burger once um all right we got an overwatch question to end this this comes from big hindi he says the sub community in overwatch that only plays total mayhem is worried that the 5v5 change is going to ruin the mode and in turn the game and yes we only log in for that mode as the focus on comp play has ruined the game for some and your experience with total mayhem thank you I don't play that mode. I don't play it anymore. I used to. That's the one where you just get ults constantly? Yeah, like, you can literally get, like, two Hanzo dragons in, like, ten seconds. And, like, your health is constantly, like, doubled or something, I think. So, like, time to kill is super long. Yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't... I have not played that mode in... In, in a year, probably. Yeah, I never cared for that mode just because the matches just went on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. Because nobody I'm, died. I'm I'm a a quick play player now. I, I've even I've even kind of went away from from mystery heroes because it's just it's broken. A bad, yeah, if you get a bad team, you're just screwed, and it's just going to be a bad time. I mean, it's either it's either a roll or a, or being rolled. That's all Mister Heroes yeah. is right now. Yeah, unfortunately. 
it's like if you get if you play Mr. Heroes and other teams got a bastion, you're kind of screwed. Yeah, most of the time. Most of the time you are, because we got you know three Baptiste and a friggin' you know Moira, and I'm just like, okay, well we're not gonna beat this bastion. So could you imagine Baptiste in total May? Like I haven't played it since he came into the game, but could you imagine him having in you know the lamp like every two seconds? Yeah. Like people would die even less. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Because <laughs> like all your cooldowns are like super sped up in that mode. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't know there was. I knew there was a huge community for Mystery Heroes. I did not know there was a huge community for Total Mayhem. That's news to me. I'm sure there's people out there who just played Team Deathmatch or Deathmatch. I'm sure there are. Um, I'm like you. I mostly play quick play. Um, I, I do play comp for my placements, and then I really don't play it outside of that. Yeah, I I, I don't even jump into comp much anymore. I just do quick play and just choose Roadhog. <laughs> I have become I I have become a Roadhog main. Oh lordy, that game is uh. I hate to say it, but that game's on its last leg, and I feel like Blizzard themselves are going to be the ones that tip it over. I mean, like like you sent me that thing the other day. It was they're thinking Overwatch Two is not till twenty twenty three, and that game ain't going to last a year and a half. No, not not if they don't add a hero, <sighs> uh, or even a map. I mean, come on, guys. I only played once this week. I know they. They well, they want to save. They want to save all that stuff for Overwatch Two because if you release it now, then Overwatch Two, what the hell's the point of getting it? I mean, at this you point, know. the only purpose of getting it is the single player because all the rest of the stuff will be free anyway. I mean, the single, but that's the problem, though, dude. I mean, like, with the single player is going to be something that me and you play once, and it'll be about a twelve-hour experience, and then we're done. Man, that's what I'm saying is like that's the thing that you will buy because the heroes, the maps, all of that stuff will be free anyway, so why hold it? I, I don't Because even don't when it comes out, you don't have to buy it to play that stuff. Yeah. The, 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 the way they are thinking about Overwatch 2, I feel like, is, is a lose-lose situation. I think they have bigger problems that they're dealing with right now. Oh, 100%. But this so, was a problem yeah. before this came out. But you're right, out to the public, but I'm wondering if there was other things behind the scenes that were starting this rolling downhill. I mean, I don't think, because at no point has Jeff Kaplan's name come up, but it's like, you know, None of the maybe Overwatch years... team's name has come up, which makes me mm. wonder if there's like a bomb ready to drop or they legitimately and, didn't do anything. I don't know. Right, but it's just one of my th- one of those things where it's like you know, maybe there's reasons why you leave your business like where you you've been making your money and stuff. I don't know. It's just to me it's like I could see how th- the corporate structure affects what's happening on this level where to the point where it is overtaking everything to the point where you stop building a game basically right like or it slows down production of the game 
Because there's there at, at one point I was like, ah, you know, it's because the new console's coming out. No. At this point I'm I'm certain the corporate ongoings has fucked this game royally. Even if the Overwatch team directly wasn't involved with any of the problems, you know? Yeah, I did um, see the rumor floating around that the Overwatch League was going to take a year off after this season, and then that was debunked, but I kind of wonder how... I, I kind of wonder if they're just saying that until the season's over, and then they decide to do it. I don't know. Because they've lost all but two sponsors for the Overwatch League at this point. Yeah. I, I just... I, like, this game doesn't become this game doesn't come from a void right like the 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 reason why i think we're seeing diablo still at this point is because that was oh god the um that's the uh, team that did tony hawk vicarious right vicarious visions before they were absorbed into blizzard and lost all identity um but they were working on that before they were absorbed so it was technically third party at one point so you know, I I could see how like internal Blizzard team just gets royally fucked, and you know this starts affecting employees and management, and people leave, and it loses all direction and doesn't come out when it's supposed to, and is now floundering because all those plans that were set in place are up in the air and can't be changed, and no one wants to do it, and you know. I think this is the the horrible, horrible business that they were doing behind the scenes in other parts of the company, fucking up Overwatch team. Now, again, it could come out that Overwatch, the the team that was working on Overwatch, had issues too. But I'm not I'm not going to accuse them of that without knowing. So it's one of those like elsewhere, you know. It's it's kind of like how if if you worked in a company and corporate fucks up on a level, it, fu- it, it you know it trickles down to lowest t- team member. It, it just naturally does. So yeah. I don't know. I will be interested to see how things plan out, but I agree with Drew that I don't think this game lasts a year and a half without any content. I'm just thinking of like how. Funny enough, it's another Activision game, which wasn't intended, but, like, imagine if they took a year off Call of Duty. Because they stopped supporting those games after, like, a year. Mm, Call of Duty's a little different because those spill. Like, people still play last year's version even after the new one comes out. The problem with Overwatch, it's not that the game couldn't last a year and a half without content. The problem is that it's already lasted a year and a half without without content. content. It can't go another year and a half without content. Yeah, I mean, because the last hero we got was Echo, and that was over a year ago. Yeah, so wow. by the time the second game comes out, we've been three years since the first game had any substantial new content for a game that keeps people playing every day. Like, that game is really good, but it ain't that good. <laughs> no, no, no. People I, will I, stop playing. I, I, I'll... Yeah, I'll be the first person to say that I, I believe that Overwatch is one of the best games that's ever been made. But so is Metal Gear Solid, but you don't see people playing Metal Gear Solid every day. No, and Overwatch lives and dies by how many people are playing it every day. Metal yeah. Gear Solid is going to be great, regardless of how many people are playing it. 
Yeah, I mean, you're gonna. I I get the feeling if they don't add any content to this, if you you know how long queues are for DPS, it's gonna be that long for for friggin' tank and and healer. Yeah, and you're gonna get matched with people that are way outside your skill range at that point. Yeah, and then people are just gonna quit. Yeah, I. I... I will be very interested to see it, which is another reason why, even though I fell off, I still try to play whenever I can, you know, because who knows when I'm not going to be able to play this anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that is the show for this week. Um, if you want to send us emails, it's podcast at ztgd.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at M4G Podcast. If you want to follow us, uh, Drew is at DML Fury, Anthony is a complacent robot, I am at ZTGD, and you can follow the site at ZTGD content. Check out Phoenix Down, Yakuza Kiwami 2, in effect, first episode is live. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Unless anybody has anything else, we can get out of here. Yes, Burgess. Alrighty, and it goes something like this.